hesitation Got me going crazy Keep it moving, I'm tuned in to True North Racing The podcast that you need if you got the need for speed John Morrison interviewing guests in the industry Short track, stock car racing Gotta get it hyped, Saturday night under the lights Hear the engine rooming by Smell the gas and feel the vibe Going into overdrive Drop the flag, then the car zooming by True North Racing, let's go Welcome back to a new week of the True North Racing Podcast. I'm your host, John Morrison. Joining me, as always, is Megan Mitchell. And joining us again for uh, uh, joining us for a while here. It's been a, it's been a minute. I'm sorry. But we have Keelan Wallace, <laughs> driver of the number 45 mini stock, joining us tonight. Um, how How was your weekend, guys? <laughs> Don't all fight to talk at once here. <laughs> Megan, you go first. Okay. It was all right. Um, I really didn't do anything today. I just slept all day. And then yesterday, well, we had what was supposed to be John's surprise party thing. Sorry. Well, you know, I mean, I no, I, I didn't help anything when I didn't turn off my Snapchat location and John could see exactly where I was. Hold on. I, I only knew you were in Oakville. So, like, that's all I, I knew. Thought about it, I thought about it after. I'm like, oh, I could have said that we were just going shopping again. Because <laughs> it wasn't until I pulled into Brampton that I was like, oh, no. I better turn on ghost mode. Uh, all right. So, so before we make this sound really weird, we're going to give a little backstory here. So yesterday I, said, I got I kicked. You wanted to tell. <laughs> all right. I'll, so my, my 30th birthday is coming up. Uh, I'm sure you guys will all figure this out sometime this week. Well, uh, so Jacqueline kicked me out of the house. I went up, I went up to Orangeville and saw some family friends and I kind of knew something was off. Um, it's hard to put anything by me as far as I'm concerned. My aunt likes to beg to differ. So we'll, uh, we'll see what happens the next go around. So <laughs> uh, we were sitting at Boston pizza up in Orangeville and I just accidentally hit, hit the map icon and uh, was like, Oh, you know, Jack should be on her way to work. So if she's on Snapchat or whatever, like I'll just quickly see where she's at. She hadn't been on in a while. I sent a video from the restaurant to see if she would open it. Because she said she was on her way to work. <laughs> so I was trying to reverse this, right? And, and all of a sudden, I'm like, I kind of, as I scrolled out to try to find her, I'm like, Oakville. I'm like, looked at the icon. I'm like, huh, Megan was just in Oakville four minutes ago. And I'm, like, hmm. <laughs> I'm like, I think I know where she's going. And then, uh, yeah, so then that's where. Megan, as soon as you got to Brampton, turned it off. So I was at uh, Lynbrook Golf Center up in Orangeville. And we were playing around and I I was like, okay, like Jacqueline should be at work. She'll she'll open the video, never open the video, open it up to see if she uh, she had not been on Snapchat. But guess who in ghost mode? Megan. Does it show when I'm in ghost mode? Or does my person just not show on? No, the it doesn't show up. Oh, okay. So okay. If, you, if you if you leave your note if you leave it on, oh. everyone can kind of see where you're at. But if once you turn it off, if you if you, essentially you couldn't go on it, if you wanted <laughs> to keep the the icon where it was, 
don't go, don't open Snapchat, or else they'll update where you are. There's oh. your tip of the day. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Essentially, if you want to hide some, just don't go on. If you're if your location's on, just stay it on. Just do not go on Snapchat. If you're trying to plan something, go on to another form of social media or text them or something. No. There's there's your guys' little tip of the day. <laughs> oh man. But uh anyway, so Megan, you're continue talking about uh yesterday there because <laughs> I didn't mean to cut you off there. That's okay. Was, that's that's really all I did this weekend. That was fun because we get to meet your boys for the first time ever. They're funny. They're so cute. <laughs> we had a good balloon fight with them. Trying to get my ass when I came home too. Yeah. <laughs> so I could see you over the gate and then all of a sudden you disappeared. And I'm like, that mother effer just went in the front door, didn't he? That's where, ja- that's where Jacqueline oh, told me to go. <laughs> but anyways, Caitlin, how was your weekend? My weekend was good. Um did a whole lot of running around today errands and stuff with dale um yesterday i had racing so i couldn't make it to the surprise party um it was the 50 lapper invitational for mini stocks at flamborough and it was classified as a non-points night so we put in our new engine just to break it in because it wasn't going to matter if i didn't do the race or not and the engine was holding up just fine. So I qualified for the race. I did about 46 laps before I had to pull into the infield with a vibration in my front end, confused. Um, when the race was over, I got out of my car and I was baffled because I had no idea. Like, at least on the left side, I didn't know what was wrong. And... I walked around my car and my right front tire was the size of the wheel well. It was massive. Like it was probably very close to being exploded if I didn't pull off when I did. So that was scary. <laughs> but I had so many people. It was like a, a museum artifact. Like someone saw it and then they told the whole pits and everyone was coming down to see it. I <laughs> just crazy yeah. right there. Now I'm uh I'm definitely gonna have to there. go back through. Let's go back to GeForce and check uh... it out the video. Sorry, go ahead. Oh no, do it. Watch the video. It just like randomly hit coming out of two. Hmm. Um, yeah, Grysdale was there because it was the APC race, and they caught wind about the tire, and they're like give us the tire we'll dismount it and um we'll take it to the shop after racing and then they're gonna give us a new tire for it because that rate uh that tire only had one race on it before yesterday oh wow yeah i wonder if maybe those tires can't handle a 50 lap race i don't know i don't know maybe they're just like brushing productions because they're so Mm-hmm. like understocked or whatever but yeah it was weird I'd never seen a tire do that before Dale said that's the exact same thing it was like 
so narrow because the air it was so tall as a tire. Hmm. Hmm. So I've never even heard of a tire doing that. Like I'm wondering if no. it's like defective because they have been low on stock and they're probably trying to rush them all through just to get tires out there. Like yeah, that's weird. Yeah, it's, it would uh, make sense for it being that, but it was really great of Grysdale's to offer to do that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, because that's oh. like I, I kind of wanted to like stop right now and just like turn my TV and put it on just to catch that point. <laughs> but like, like we got a we got an action packed show tonight, so like I kind of don't want to because <laughs> uh, especially when we got our guest in here in a few minutes, he's uh he's a character in itself, so. <laughs> If you guys know who it is, it's uh, it's Brandon Feeney, which we're gonna have a cute, cool little intro I uh, pulled off of YouTube that we're gonna we're gonna use for him before uh, he gets in here. So I'm excited for that. It sounded like you were say a cute little intro. I'm like, no. Then you said cool. <laughs> no, cute. Nothing happens around here that's cute. Okay. <laughs> like, look at this. This Speaking nothing happens. Huh? <laughs> I said, speak for yourself. <laughs> here, here, meaning me. <laughs> for anyone listening, I'm talking about myself. <laughs> oh boy. But anyways, uh, I don't even know where the hell to go from here. We got we we have an action packed show when the guest comes on. But as always in the intro, we never know what the hell's gonna happen, what we're gonna bring up. Uh because you know. This weekend was rare for me. I didn't actually go to a racetrack. You know, as I was saying, I, we had a little surprise party last night for me, and uh, it was it was really nice having everyone over. Uh, man, it was funny as hell having y'all trying to pelt me with uh, water balloons. And you know, I feel bad for my aunt Betty. She uh, she was a casualty of one. Oh, so, so as uh, as we were. Uh, so as I got out, Jacqueline moved. So she gave me a sign that says, how old am I? And I said, 30. And it says, 30, how tall am I? Tall, my favorite things, pizza, wings, and racing. And uh, next thing I know, uh, I think Cody launches the first one. Yeah. Cody launches the first water balloon. I try to catch it. And I realized, like, oh, that was a water balloon. That wasn't, like, a ball or something. Cause I didn't clue in until like, I was trying to grab it as if it was a ball. And uh, next thing I know, y'all were just trying to help me as much as you could with the water balloons and accidentally he used the, used the sign and popped it over. <laughs> and then the funny part was, is actually when you think about it, it was like the fact that I ended up having a barbecue. <laughs> Jack, you know what? Jack. I can vouch for Jacqueline. She said she would do it. <laughs> I know she did. She did. She didn't say she would do it, but because uh, but the f- problem, the, her first her first mistake was the fact that she offered me to smoke the hot dogs. She's like, "Hey, do you want to smoke the hot dogs?" And I'm like, "Sure." Yeah, Garrison but, talked about that all the way home. By the did way, did he really? Was it really that good? Yeah, <laughs> like he he was mad impressed. Wait till I wait. I like I said, I want to have like a host like a, a a day when like all of us are free and have us all over for a freaking barbecue 
and I'll smoke up some meat. And, you know, we'll have everyone else bring some fixings and whatnot, and we'll just have a, a party at my house. I'll be down. We're off no, September 17th. You're one, off when? September 17th. There's no car racing at Flambro. Yeah, I've seen that. <laughs> I got to find out because Robert's birthday is that during that week. Is my oldest son's birthday during the week, so we might be doing some that weekend for him. Aww. Yeah, we we might be going to. We we're thinking of three things: the Blue Jay game, oh, uh, Ontario Science Center, or there's something else too. But I think the Science Center is what we're gonna go do because that, cool. that that's because one they have a flight simulator. <laughs> oh man! Oh, guess who's gonna get in a flight simulator? <laughs> this guy if i fit i don't know what kind of cockpit situation they got going on there so (laughs) but if they got an adult one you can bet this guy's going in one (laughs) um honestly it felt weird not being at the track though like i love going to the track so like it felt weird not being there and you know with everything (laughs) It's, I'm I'm frustrated right now because the next five weeks we have the CVMs. Like next off weekend we have is uh, August 27th. Oh. Five weeks in a row with these kind of cars are very difficult. Mm-hmm. Like it's one big wreck could take out two, two, three cars at a time and they could be gone for two, three weeks. And we're already struggling for car count and I want to see the, get, see the count get back up. So hopefully, uh, hopefully one, we see more cars this week and two, hopefully, uh, you know, we don't have any major wrecks throughout the week where we're losing guys a lot of the time. You know, that's, that's going to be the, that's going to be the tough part. Uh, I know Kaylin right now is in the midst of a, like a freaking 20 week on schedule. It seems like <laughs> <laughs> off what June, June 4th, was it? Yep. Yeah, June. Yeah, I think it was June fourth, and you're not off until September seventeenth. Correct. So that's what five. Holy crap! I can't. That's almost like fifteen weeks. I think I want to say. Yeah, and the car's been wrecked a few times, and we only ever get four days to spend every night in the shop. Poor Dale and my dad working their butts off all the time. Like Dale works a full day at work and then has to drive home and just spends the rest of his night in the shop and between engines and people wrecking and actually we're gonna spotlight something here real quick because it was a cool video we saw that got shared on Tuesday. Someone got behind the wheel for the first time in quite a long time, eh? Oh, oh, I thought you were. (laughs) Megan, come on. He he did. I literally sat there and I'm like, wait, what? I I was seeing, I was waiting for the light ball to click off there. Did you see it when it finally clicked? Yeah, I did. (laughs) Yeah. Your face dropped. He did, though. He's a. He's really hyped because now that a car has officially got his name on it and 
It's ready to go. It's coming out. I'm, I don't know if I'm allowed to publicly say. No, it's but it's coming out. Just, just leave it. Just, just it, say yeah. it's coming out soon. It's coming out soon. And he's going to start tail for a while because it's been a long time. And the car is very, like, we still don't know what tire pressures to run. Because you can't do much with the pure stock. So we're trying to figure out what tire pressures. Yeah. So that video I posted, he's like spinning, which apparently my mom finds it funny when he does it, but it's not funny when I do it. <laughs> but yeah, he uh, took it out for practice. And I mean, between the tire pressures and the back end of that car is so light compared to our Sunfire that he said you put it in the corner and it just slides up the track and spins. So it's like, well, we're trying to figure that out. He's just going to start tailing. Stay out of the way of everybody. And just be happy to be back on the track. But I'll admit I'm nervous. <laughs> I've been having anxiety since I found out that we're going back soon. So we will see. We will see how it goes. You know what? It's good. It's like I said, I, if I can, I would love to. I would love to get a GoPro inside your dad's car just to uh, uh, ju- just for some fun. Mm-hmm. Actually, we just bought a new one. We had so we have three now. So I think the plan is to have one front facing, one rear facing, and one in the driver's like cockpit area. Yeah, that way you catch everything that's going on. So. It'll be good to have. You know what? That that Catch would be them. mint. Mm-hmm. Like we, I think it's, it's. It's. I think Scott. I don't know if he had all three, but it's like I always like the drivers that had front and rear. Yeah. And I'm like, I just I don't know. I like the idea of having it in facing so you can see the driver because it's. I find it interesting to see what they're doing with their hands and their feet and then you get Brandon Feeney and <laughs> he, he gives you a whole what I thought he was going to do the YMCA or something but <laughs> there's some unreleased footage that I just <laughs> sent him over tonight see he said that there was more I'm like well there's more I need to see this <laughs> I, I haven't even begun to scratch the surface apparently That guy is an absolute hoot, and I feel like we may have to put a new rating on this for, <laughs> for tonight just because of him. Oh, boy. But he, uh, yeah, like I said, we're going to bring him on here in just a little bit. There's no CVM rundown this week because uh, we're, we've been off for two weeks in a row now, which, by the way, actually, one thing I am going to say, we are back this week with the Young Jarvis Canadian Modifieds at Flamborough Speedway. And this week is we are have a nightly sponsor and is Wow One Day Painting. Uh, they've come on board to be the nightly sponsor this week for the club. Uh, so thank you to Jay Pepin. We have a video I've been working my ass off on trying to put together and uh, make it look stunning. Uh, and it's been a, a, an absolute B I T C H for me to <laughs> to get to it. Um, but I'm hoping to have that out either. Uh, if I do everything for this tonight, then it will be tomorrow night I do it. Or if I jump to that tonight, it'll be uh, 
up tomorrow. So we'll we'll see what gets done first and where I feel like working when I am done the show. Because that's <laughs> I usually like to take a little break after we're done because we're on here for about two, two and a half hours, sometimes three, depending on who's coming on. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> um but yeah, uh over on the so we're gonna do the Joe Media rundown here. Uh I'm hoping I got a lot of these correct. I really do, because uh you know, you never know what's going on with race monitor. So mm-hmm. I got David Rockwood in the super stocks down at Delaware Speedway finishing 16th. We have the Lawrence brothers of Chris and Joe going one and two with uh, Joe taking the victory. Uh, Phil Givens came fourth. Matt Langford, 18. Cassie Howard in the uh, finished 27th. I don't have Alex's up yet. Uh, but Kaylin, you were scored 11th. Is that correct? Yeah. Uh, Roland Goodfellow, I thought he was at Flamber, but I don't know if he was. Uh, he might have been off to Grand Bend, I think, on the weekend. Uh, our pro late model driver, Ty Cavillin, uh, had a clean sweep up at the beach on the weekend, which is awesome. I love seeing that. He 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 got at the uh, swept the heats, took the feature. Uh, Brandon Feeney, don't know where he finished, but he DNF because he broke a transmission. Uh, Ryan Houston finished third and Dave Johnston, uh, Johnson, sorry, uh, not too sure because I never know when Southern Ontario Motor Speedway is going to have their uh, transponder system working. Oh, would you look at that? They actually had it up. Last week I was searching around for it. I had to reach out to them to actually be like, hey, where did where did Dave finish? Because um <laughs> They didn't have it up on the, for the Friday. They raced last Friday. Hmm. They didn't have it up. And the only reason I knew where Ryan finished was because Ryan tagged me and because he gave me a shout-out in victory. Sorry, didn't give me, but gave a shout-out to Joe Media and Victor Lane. And that's the only that was the only thing I knew. Hmm. Um, but it says here Dave Johnson uh, was scored 12th. So hopefully those are correct. Uh, Alex, if you're listening, buddy, I'm sorry. Uh, don't know where you are rolling. Same thing with you. <laughs> I think Alex had it on Facebook today. He did. I, 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 Let me look. I, even Madison. Madison finished 12th. I remember that. I don't, and Nick Nick got home, uh, came home third last night in the fan appreciation up at uh, Sunset, mm. which, by the way, what better pairing if you have the property than to have Ribfest? And fan appreciation night. Oh, that'd be good. That is just the best combination you think you can absolutely do. Racing? In my opinion. (laughs) Ribs and racing. Come on. Like what? (laughs) I would pay to go early to (laughs) go get ribs. Like I I would absolutely go get ribs and I would be walking into the pits, barbecue sauce all over my face (laughs) and just be like, yes, like racing now. Like just like I, th- th- there's there's a new rib uh 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 touring thing that they can do you know they have like the northern heat series get the ribs and racing series going if the track has property to be able to host it yeah do it that's an event someone whoever has a lot more money than i do needs to jump on this idea <laughs> like sunset showed me showed us that we can do this Mm-hmm. We need to do a ribs and uh, racing ribs and racing series. <laughs> That'd be sick. Oh, 
Oh boy. But the one cool thing the last night was the fact that uh, Sarah got back out again. Mm-hmm. The zero. F- oh my God. I messed up the number on Friday when I was doing the post. I keep forgetting she's zero four. And I, for some reason I put zero three. <laughs> so Sarah, if you're listening, I'm sorry. I was doing that like last minute too. Sometimes like I, I get so busy and I'm like, uh, I need to get shit done, but it is what it is. But you know, it's, I don't know, but yeah. Oh boy. I'm, I'm already losing it. It's already been a long day for me. I've been up <laughs> since seven 30. I didn't go to bed. till almost one o'clock. I think last night. Holy. Oh yeah. And we still ordered pizza after ever, after y'all left. <laughs> it was like 10 o'clock and I, we had um, uh, Jackson's mom and dad went out and picked up some Papa John's pizza. And, you know, just Ooh. that's, I think that's a, that's a terrible part of being where I am in Brampton. Mm-hmm. Because if I go five minutes this way, I hit a Domino's. If I hit go five minutes this way, I hit a Papa John's. If I go five minutes over here, I hit a freaking pizza pizza. <laughs> Oh boy, and if I go like five minutes, you know, another two minutes down the road, I hit KFC, I hit McDonald's, I hit oh. Oh, Cuba doesn't have anything like that. Oh boy, I I miss I country. Mean, I miss the country living because I'm not five minutes to this crap. Mm-hmm. Oh, Megan just reminded me here, Caitlin. Wait, which is this one? Next time I see you, I need you to sign this. Oh yeah. If you did you listen to the podcast last week? No, I didn't have a chance. Oh, Caitlin. <laughs> I know. I just broke my heart. I'm sorry. <laughs> I still love you, John. Oh, I don't know how that's half-hearted. I feel like. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh, wow. I love you too, Caitlin. We got all the drivers who were at our the market last week. We got them to sign it. Okay. okay. So, so we're gonna we're gonna try and get as as many of the Joma Media drivers as possible to sign the cup. And then at the end of the year, we're gonna do a giant giveaway. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking like I'm gonna get, I want to ask all the drivers to donate something, and then we're gonna put prize packages together for first, second, and third. And we're just gonna do a huge giveaway at the end of the season. And this is gonna be in the top prize bracket. Okay. I want to win one. I want that. <laughs> and I, I can always just go around and get everyone to just suck and suck on my own. <laughs> it's what? easy enough. Jesus Christ. Maybe we'll have Wallace Racing Apparel by then. Come on, get it up. I I, I still need a sticker for my car. We have those. Huh? We have those. Well, next time you're at the track, or uh, obviously this weekend when you're at the track, Freaking out to come by and, and pick some pick pick one up because I I have MRC on my car. <laughs> no, I'm heartbroken. <laughs> well, <laughs> Ma- Megan sent me keychains last year and they included two stickers, so I gave one to Jacqueline and one for me. <laughs> well, we always talk about doing the Wallace Racing Apparel, but we keep having to spend so much money on the car that. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It's not much budget for yeah. apparel at the moment. So if anyone is is 
wants to help out Keelan with some sponsorship to get help get her some apparel, like let, <laughs> hit her up at Walls Racing on Facebook and Instagram. <laughs> See? Thanks. I'm, I'm trying to work. I'm tr- already trying to work some angles to get us Dr. Pepper sponsorship, okay? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Start drinking it. Huh? I said, I guess I should start drinking it. I, I'm, I got a, I got a cup of Dr. Pepper cherry here. I have a Dr. Pepper hat right there. And then someone who's joined, who's, who's in the chat here gave me a 12 pack last night. Megan got, gave me a 12 pack of Dr. Pepper. And then someone else, one of Jacqueline's friends also gave me a 12 pack of Dr. Pepper. <laughs> my dad was so precise with that, by the way. Like <laughs> my mom grabbed one case off the shelf. And my dad's like, nah, this box looks beaten up. <laughs> he, he went back and he's trying to find <laughs> the perfectly shaped case of Dr. Pepper. I love your dad. He, he oh put my God. his heart and soul into it. <laughs> like, oh my God. I appreciate it so much. I was, I didn't even open up, I didn't even open up the container, all, like the thing all the way. I just opened, I saw the Dr. Pepper. I'm like, that's it. I'm happy, man. I already know what that <laughs> is. But there's, if said, there's ever one person who's going to trick me. That's gonna be my cousin Sarah. <laughs> um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna run this story by real quick because this is this is hysterical. So I think it was 2011, 2011 or 2012 for Christmas. I had just got myself a, a computer, um, keyboard and mouse box. Obviously, I needed the I got the compute the the keyboard and the mouse out of the box, but in the box I stuffed in um, Team Canada hockey jersey, and I wrapped it up. You know, it so it's, it still looked flat, didn't look bulged out, nothing. Here, Sarah, here, here's your here's your Christmas present for me. She opens up, she's like, "Oh, thanks, keyboard and mouse. Uh, thanks, John." I'm like, <laughs> no, open the box. <laughs> she opens the box, she, and she pulls out. She's like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> she just starts freaking out. So ever since then, she's been trying to. Uh, she hasn't found the perfect thing yet, but she's going to, she always said that she might try to figure out how to get me back for that. So <laughs> there's not a whole lot anyone can put by me nowadays, in my opinion. See, and I'm on the opposite end of that. You, you can put anything past me. I'm pretty gullible. Like, <laughs> yeah. like on Saturday, Dale tried to convince me that there is a rat in the shop and I believed it. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> I didn't see it, but I believed it. <laughs> I swear, you just tell me one thing, and yeah, I'm just like, oh, okay. Cool. I'm, I'm not going to doubt you. <laughs> he wasn't going to tell me otherwise until I told my mom about it. And he's like, no, there's no rat. I was like, what? <laughs> no. He's like, no, 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 we can't bring Denise into this. Hold on. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> well at least we know if there's going to be a surprise party or anything like that i can easily just and i think that's the issue though too because i have such a such a dry sense of humor it i can pass a lot of things off as mm-hmm. as if it's true right so mm-hmm. oh i feel bad for you guys if i try to plan something <laughs> actually it's pretty easy it'll be all good what what's the funny part is every time i say i'm like oh we got something cool announcing megan he goes like what is it 
as if we just didn't talk about it after we finished recording the night before. Like, I don't know. Maybe, like, it's, maybe it's something different. Don't worry. Don't worry. Jacqueline's in the same boat. She goes, what's the big announcement? I was like, the market? She's like, oh, I wasn't sure there's something else. I'm like, oh, good Lord. <laughs> like, I'm so gullible. You can tell me that I've been spelling my name wrong my whole life, and I'd go back and find my birth certificate. Like, am I? Did I actually? <laughs> it's not hard. It's really not. Actually, there's some stuff we gotta talk about because there's some I want. I'm trying. I want to plan for the end of August if you guys are interested. But we'll talk about that after. It's it's okay. something pretty cool. Uh, but uh, oh, I I know we could always just random just go on and on and uh. And just talk our, you know, like I said, at the end of the year, we're going to have just like a, a BS episode and we're just going to talk for an hour and a half, two hours and just whatever comes up is whatever comes up. Mm-hmm. Airplane but, ca- you huh? might airplane kitty. <laughs> I just please don't let ever airplane kitty come back. <laughs> you guys call me for airplane chat? No, no one called you, Dale. <laughs> that was so quick. <laughs> He was listening. He's paying attention. <laughs> that was really quick. So, <laughs> hey John, I'm like Caitlin. I actually listened to the podcast. Oh, shots oh, fired. Gotcha. But I think we're Daddy. gonna get. <laughs> wow. I, I think we're gonna get our guest Brandon into the into the chat here. So let's welcome Brandon. Okay, everyone, we are back now with Brandon Feeney, driver of the number 38, Liquid Molly, super, nope, yep, super stock. <laughs> Brandon, how are you? Not bad. How about you? Not too bad. How was your race weekend? Uh, this weekend wasn't good. I got one heat in and spun to avoid driving over somebody and broke the transmission in my car. Ouch. Wasn't ever fun. No, it's expensive, but we'll be back out there. Mm-hmm. John just met Matt. He wasn't in that cheers like off camera. He didn't realize that was what it was. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, Is, we're already gonna get off the rocks here, eh? You have ice in your drink. You're cheating on us. Not going all natural. I got fireball in here, buddy. <laughs> you have ice in there too. Yeah, I do have ice. Actually, I did. It took so long and melted. That's why you have to get a tumbler. I know you know guy that makes them for uh, like Joe Mo Media. I, I'm I'm just like it's like it's in here. Even mine's out of the box. This is so this is the last one we have for sale. So you didn't keep one for yourself? I do have one for myself. It's just downstairs right now. Well, that was poor planning. Yeah, just a little bit, but I do have, <laughs> but I do have this Blue Jay one. Hey, shameless merch link. <laughs> yeah. Hey, just buy. You can buy this last tumbler I have for sale here. Meanwhile, <laughs> <laughs> it's in the box. <laughs> I swear, it's in the box. I've never drank Fireball out of it. <laughs> no, the... <laughs> no, no, it was this one. <laughs> that would oh, be look good with a beefy motorsports koozie on the outside of that. Just saying. Uh, hey, you should. You didn't bring any. I did bring in some. Just I showed up late. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I had like 
you guys are like, you guys have so many hero cards. I'm like, oh, I won't go go grab the rest of the box or the koozies. I had like six bags of koozies there. And I'm like, oh, could have brought them out. And I did. I gave one to Megan. Yeah, one to Megan, but <laughs> you got one at Motorama, didn't you? No. Oh, I thought, what I gave you at Motorama? You oh, gave me this. <laughs> okay, you gave me the hat and the sticker. Because oh. the hat was crooked and so was the sticker on my toolbox. <laughs> I swore I gave you. Why didn't you bring it up then? <laughs> I forgot. You gotta do it now publicly. <laughs> you see me two days in a row, be like, never be like, hey, can I get one of those koozies? I don't like asking for stuff. <laughs> it's just trade off. I get something of yours, something of mine. That's how it works. Easy there, Tiger. So calm down. <laughs> for nineteen ninety nine, uh, you can see that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> uh so anyways man how's uh so we're gonna we're gonna start off at the beginning here how did you get started in racing how were how what was your first involvement in racing so my first involvement in racing was probably when i was three or four years old uh, a guy by the name of rudy oprisma was running super late models for that mossport room stuff like that um good friend of the family um my dad was helping him out and all of a sudden we're bleeding the brakes and he goes well we need to be working outside the car. So they stuffed me in the car under the steering column to bleed the brake. <laughs> uh, so that's where the dick started anyway. And uh, when was you, when were you first introduced to behind the wheel action? So I bought a car in 2014. I actually rode off a car on the road and got some insurance <laughs> money and decided, hey, if I buy a $500 truck, I can buy a $1,500 race car. Which seems like an awesome trade-off, does it not? And, I uh, mean, that's the way my mind works. So, so I, uh, I bought a Sunfire. That's a my only time seeing the car before, like buying it, was it at Peterborough Speedway going out turn one through the field. I'm like, well, if that thing came back from that, they could take me driving it. <laughs> so I bought it like I think it was three days before opening night, and uh, went up to the first practice on the Thursday and didn't die and decided to go on the Saturday and been racing ever since. I don't think I've missed a weekend since the first weekend of 2014. Oh, wow. So this is what then your, this would be your eighth season, ninth season, oh, eighth season. Cause 2014. So 2024 will be your 10th. Yeah. So yeah. Eighth year. Wow. I've driven a lot of cars in eight years. I was going to say, you've always been the kind of guy I've, I've, I've been following, I think I've, I've been following either, I've been following BP Motorsports either on Instagram or Facebook for a while now. I don't know how long, but I always see, seen the, 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 because you already have the models behind you. I've seen the blue card that's over your left shoulder uh, with the orange. And I've also seen the other one on the legend card. I'm thinking like, oh, this guy's been around a bit. They, they, <laughs> I, I would have figured you would have been around a lot longer than eight years. Yeah. A lot of people think that, but these are actually just, ideas that we threw around so this is my mud boss rc car that i raced uh through the winter because you know i have to keep the itch going and this is what we call the big block late model which is basically a dirt late model body with you know a short course truck body they go we're doing like oval laps inside a building for like three four seconds jesus Whew. it gets expensive when you hit a wall it's just like real life racing right uh no i think it's more expensive to have the rc cars Really? This this car here, if I actually push it to try to keep up with like JBJ and stuff like that, 
I'll burn a set of rice off in a night on carpet. Wow. Holy. So these are that actually crazy. this one here is actually wrapped by the same guys that did my new car. So, oh yeah. Yeah. So they've been working for me for a while. So they like me right now. When uh <laughs> so twenty fourteen was your first race. You haven't missed a night since. Um tell us what that first race was like. Well, you go into your first race, you're always a little bit nervous, obviously, right? So uh, the first time, there's a video on YouTube on, I believe it's Connor Parks Channel or Parks Racing Channel, um, where all the rookies somehow got in the same heat race. There was like seven of us going in for the phone stocks as rookies. They're like, hey, we're just going to be your own heat race. So they're out front in the Mazda 323, and I'm working my way through the pack because, you know, it's not easy. It's a natural thing to do. You just start driving, wiggling through as you think. And then I dove bomb a guy for my first ever racing pass from seven car lengths back to make pass. <laughs> he gave me the room to make it stick. And then like after that, it's like, wow, this, this is going to be all right. Like this car is good <laughs> to get to the feature and go like three laps down and to the experienced guys. Like, okay, that was a rude awakening. <laughs> <laughs> you go from your highest to highs right there for, making your first competitive pass from seven car lengths deep to being lapped in, in your first feature. Like that's, Oh, it wasn't even like being lapped like halfway. No, I think it was like five laps. I mean, like a lap down to Ryan Easterholt <laughs> asked me and they just, I'm like, you know, what was he driving? <laughs> <laughs> now this is giving me Ricky Bobby vibes. <laughs> I thought uh, it was a car. That's- <laughs> I was actually thinking the Seven Up commercial from back in the day. Remember where he's driving? He goes, "Some guys just have to show off," and they're like all tumbling <laughs> down the trail. <laughs> oh boy! So yeah, so your first race, you yeah, you went, but you you at least finished all the, your all your laps, right? Yeah, I finished all my laps up until probably about this weekend of the year because I get a lot of memories on my phone through Facebook where I. Uh, Got sent up the Pepsi sign at the track, which um, I drove. If you ever find the pictures, Jack Hanna has a really good picture, which he's down doing the Lemons Rally right now. So um, I actually drove up the Pepsi sign, took a chunk of the Pepsi sign. I was equal with the Pepsi logo, landed it, came down, got all four tires changed, went to go back out. And they're like, no, you have to be checked out by EMS before you go back out. I'm like, but I'm going <laughs> to lose a lap. <laughs> but that's what priorities are in your first year. You're like... Like, I came from Demolition Derby. It's like, going airborne was no big deal at that point, right? So, Absolutely. I keep saying I've always wanted to do the – so, back in the day, um, back in, like, 2002, they used to do rollover derbies at the uh, the Paris Fairgrounds over Oh, the Paris, rollover Ontario. comps. Oh, dude. I looked at them like, <laughs> that's what I want to do. Uh, that would hurt a and, lot. And I'm sure my mom probably looked at me and was like, what is wrong with you? So, like, I swear of- – Go ahead. So the first time when I do that and I go up the Pepsi sign, that's the first time my mom ever came to the racetrack. Oh, and I go, I go over there. I'm like, that was fun. I'm going to do that again. <laughs> I almost didn't make it back. <laughs> the first time your mom ever shows up and you go up and down that Pepsi sign. I if it you land it and drive it back to the pits, that's a save, right? Yeah, that's yeah. I didn't, didn't spin out. No, I. Technically, I went up, landed back down the same lane I left in. Yeah. <laughs> There's a little liquid molly. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
I've learned to have a drink handy because like I've started talking to people and like, you know, doing more of the, you know, media side of things lately because I haven't realized how much it actually matters for racing. Like when I first started, there was no social media that you had to worry about. There was no podcast like yourselves or others in like Canada and stuff like that. So you didn't have to worry about that. You just put a name on your car and drove fast. Mm-hmm. But nowadays it's most sponsors don't even care about being on the car. They want all the social media attention. So I'm learning how to talk again and not, you know, lose my voice halfway through. <laughs> I, you know what? I completely agree with you. Cause like, you know, 10, 10 years ago, guys that I was working with, you know, well, 10 years ago, I'm thinking that's 2014 here. Jesus. Or 2020, 2012 here. Um, you know, like that was the case, right? Like you saw lots and lots of more um, websites for the drivers. They had their own racing websites where they could promote their sponsors, their teams. You're right. We didn't have, we didn't have the outlets we do now where guys like myself cam inside track. Well, inside track has been around since 97. Um, but we have all these other outlets where we can, we're, it's helping trying to bring eyes to the sport, especially in a specific area. Right. And for you guys, it's, you're having to relearn stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's one of those things that you have to kind of relearn all the vitals and stuff like that too. Right. Because like you have guys that still like there's uh, I think it's like Mark Gordon, Howie Crow and stuff like that at Peterborough who I introduced to you last week that they don't have even Facebook. So like, it's one of those things that like they run a lot out of their pocket and stuff like that because they don't have any of that, Mm -hmm. but that's what sponsors want nowadays is they want all that social media time. They, they want the, they want their names tagged in the, in, in weekly posts, letting them know how their race was, you know, um, we, we talked a lot about that with Gary Elliott too, a while ago, Mm -hmm. you know, he, he to this day i he he, since since that podcast he has been emailing me his race reports oh from each week i'm like this is exactly what people want to see because then it feels like their sponsors are getting the attention they deserve right it's not just money thrown at you to go race in a circle for every saturday night and hoping that people will use the product it's about exposing more about yourself and what you can do for them essentially is, is you're under their payroll. They're, that's what they're trying to do essentially. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things too. Like, so I, like I was saying, it's, it's, it's a weird situation that you're kind of in because they want to see the results. They want to see the pictures of the car and like you go out and you do things like I've done charity events with my cars and stuff like that for years. So even back when I did derbies, I did a lot of charity events for the Make Wish uh, Foundation and stuff like that, where I had at my local fair, we raised money for Make Wish by having kids sign the car and stuff like that. I had more sponsors for that kind of thing because of just the amount of exposure than I would for like one that I knew I was basically going to win. Yeah. You know, it's cr- it's crazy, right? Like you, you can see some really, really good drivers driving around with almost bare cars. Because they don't have the social media covered. So it's like they need that little bit of a deep pocketbook. And they're like, oh, I don't have sponsors. I'm like, you have to do two jobs now for the same amount of money. Yeah. You know, racing now has gone from 
you know, back when I first started it, the, unless there was severe damage one week, it was literally one night in the shop. They would meet up about five, six o'clock and they would head out about 10, 10, 30, 11 o'clock. And I we wish. would show up back up till Saturday, <laughs> but that that's not the case anymore. You know, guys like Brandon, like, especially with super stocks, the way they've gone now, you know, it, it's, you're it's now like, going out two, three nights a week just to make sure go over the car, make sure you can find something. Yeah. It's like almost 20 to 30 hours of maintenance. And that's just like your oil. You're doing oil changes almost every other week on these cars. You're changing the fluids. You're checking every nut and bolt and you're tearing suspension parts down to make sure that nothing's binding up. You're making sure all the shocks are good, making sure spring didn't go bad. I'm kind of in a weird situation where I don't actually have a shop to work on my car. So I do most of it in the trailer. So like what I can get to, I get to, but it's one of those things that I take into work once in a while and use the shop there. But that helps you out a lot when you're able to bring your car into the shop, get it up on the hoist and actually go through it. Right. Oh, it helps me out a bunch being able to bring it to work. The only thing is I got to make sure it drives out in the morning so I can do work. I'm getting paid for in the morning. <laughs> if I, if I still hoist for a week, the boss is going to be pissed. <laughs> I think anyone would be. Well, yeah, to be fair, it's he's losing thousands of dollars at that point, right? So absolutely. Um, but I, I obviously, you know, you've you've been a man who's raced many, a uh, many of series and divisions and cars, and you know, it why don't you walk us through your your racing career up to this point and what you've been behind the wheel of and what you've raced. Okay, so you want just like the ones I've actually raced like competitively, or do you want everything I've driven? Everything you've driven, man. I'd rather hear <laughs> everything than than you leave out some and be like, hey, no, he drove this too. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm sure I'm still gonna forget at least one or two things because I do have memory issues as we've already discussed off air. That's what happens when you do demolition derbies first and <laughs> you had you had a bunch of time. Um, so I started out with obviously derby cars and figure eight cars. Um that was a great way of relieving stress and that's what my dad did when i was a young kid so it was kind of like following your dad's footsteps um after a while i got the o2 sunfire that was a bone stock i uh, ran it in mini stock a couple times got my butt whooped um then i got a prelude that i ran once and it got dq'd uh because the four wheel steer was still activated um then i got I traded an enduro car that I never... No, I drove the enduro car on ice. It caught fire, finished in third on fire. Hold up, hold up. <laughs> hold, hold up. <laughs> you caught fire on ice in an enduro car and still finished third? It was warmer. <laughs> so so this was right when wrong. they had the ice enduro, right? Yeah. So they, they freeze the track and they go out and do it. I think there was like six seven eight cars and like in the big rule means like no snow tires no double tires so i show up on all seasons well everybody else but me showed up on snows so like, oh, we're gonna let snows go i'm like no that means i guaranteed to win I'm like yeah. i showed up by your rules um and then i had a coil pack let go and it was just sh- shooting raw fuel down to the catalytic converter and eventually things fire when the catalytic converter is blowing very red but how, how many laps was the enduro i gotta know I want to say 75 laps on ice. 
Jesus. <laughs> and I had like Falcon Azena all season tires on. Like they weren't, they were, the car was meant to be into like a bone stock. I was going to run in the Duros back when Peterborough Speedway and all that had almost like a at once or twice a month Enduro series. Yeah. So you had points for Enduro. So I was going to run the bone stock and then Duro at the same time. But it was just uh, me and my buddy Fat Mike uh, got the car and we started building it. And it's like, oh, well, it catches fire. It's probably not a good omen for when we actually need to race this in the heat. <laughs> so, I mean, you're not wrong there. Yeah. Anyway, so to go back on the story, yeah, I I traded that for a Thunder car, which I never drove. Uh, other than like I put a like motor in it, drove it, and that got sold by a damn price. I wasn't allowed to drive it. Uh, he bought it off me and then sold it like three days later. Um, I think it's down in the states doing some sort of series now. Um, then I got a modified because I test drove Randy Hollingsworth modified with OMRS and. I still love modifieds. I still want to drive modifieds. They're my favorite series. Uh, my one of my childhood idols drives those. Uh, J- John Baker Jr. Like, yeah. He, when I first started racing, he was winning everything. He could show up in a soapbox derby and win. It didn't matter. It was if he was there, you were racing for second. That's how it was. Um, it's like uh, so back in 2014, you show up to Flambro. Channingworth was there. Channingworth is winning. You're fighting for second. Right, like it's only recently that he's been more challenged for races and stuff like that, even too. Right, so, but uh, yeah. So after that, I finally got. Uh, what did I get after that? I oh yeah, I got the bus from Howie Crow, which was my first car. Uh, kind of as they were changing it over to super stock. Um, so I bought that for like fifteen hundred bucks. Bought a motor off Mike Nelson. Uh, we dropped it. We were the only car still on an automatic transmission, rear drum brakes, and stock manifolds, um, and single master brakes at like cylinder. Which, if you tried to do that in a super stock now, they would just laugh at you. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Anyway, so I drove that. It was doing good. We never put tires on it. I was running on everybody's used tires from previous years. So I think I got like twelve tires from Dan Price, eight tires from JBJ, and. I was just running on them. And then I finally got to race Dan Price that year, which is another one of my heroes because he is one of the hardest working men in motorsports. He can build anything. So if you remember Dan Price in his 57 Chevrolet in the Hot Rod series, the one that kind of started it all. Yep. That was all built by hand. That's not early end of it was like a 57. His fenders, he, he showed me how to make them on like an acetylene tank. I don't mean like you heat it up. I mean, he's pounding them on the acetylene tank to make. And like, that's just raw craftsmanship that, you know, when you get into like doing this, you have to appreciate because it's like when you can do something like that with bare minimum tools, it's like, could you imagine what this guy could do for like a shop, like Pinty shop or something like that? He would have some pretty cars. Um, Absolutely. Unfortunately, he's gone to dirt now, so I can't race him anymore. Um, So after. I drove the Thunder car uh, 2017 is where we're at now. Um, that Around that time, I was also doing the professional driving uh, with some other Peterborough drivers for the Rusty Wallace experience, where I got some experience in some late models and some retired cup cars, like an old Gordon car and uh, Stuart, like a COT car. Yep. Which, that was great to get paid like 20 bucks an hour to go around and drive cars that, you know, 
have liveries of a Jeff Gordon on it, or I think I had one that was a DEI car from Daytona that got mangled. Oh. And it's like, so like to be in a DEI car, because like it's got all the DEI badging in it and stuff like that. It was wrapped as a Jeff Gordon car. I'm like, this is so much irony. It's not even like you're in an Earnhardt <laughs> car with a Gordon livery. It's like, this is weird. <laughs> like the Twilight Zone. Could you imagine if like Earnhardt ever signed Jeff Gordon? Like if he didn't pass away, if he ever signed Jeff Gordon, the marketing deal they would have. Ooh. You know, especially with the way Earnhardt was. Earnhardt is the whole reason like NASCAR marketing is where it is. Like he 100%. Fought, he so Earnhardt's actually the one that taught a lot of guys about trademarking their names and all that stuff. So it's like the whole reason that it is where it is. It's so anyway, before I go, it's too sidetracked because I see a squirrel and keep following that. Um, so we drove those and then the next year we made a lot of upgrades to the car that turned out I didn't like. The car was just not working the way I wanted it to. So I wanted to make more upgrades by switching to a newer motor, a, a manual transmission, so a three-speed Saginaw, nine-inch rear end, because I still had the GM seven-and-a-half-inch rear end in it with 411 gears. Uh, this is also the car that if uh, you talk to Charlie Tone of the track, that is the one I held in the motor with ratchet straps and zip ties to complete a race. Um <laughs> And yes, I actually passed people during that race. I didn't just start and park it. I was mad and I was going around on the outside. Um, so I then bought a late model I called Vengeance because after having a bad first part of the year, uh, you come back with a vengeance, right? So I bought yep. it sight unseen from Paul Sr. up north. Uh, he delivered it down to Corth, the speedway for me because we we're watching, uh, I think it was a hot rods. And uh, he delivered it. We pushed it on my trailer. The, me and Dan Price changed the seatbelts and the clutch lines on the side of the road. I bought four tires and I raced it that night. Jesus. So we literally, they almost blacked and I had no practice because by the time I got tires on, because the ones that came on it, they were weather cracked, which, you know, what? I bought the car sight unseen. It sat for 10 years, something like that. And I, he told me that I'm like, well, I'm just going to run it to see what the parts are like. If anything's good, bad, ugly, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So by the time I did that, um, I was hooked about how fast that car went. I'm like, well, this car is way better. Like, so I was driving it the first night ever and two guys crashed in front of me in the late model heats of like, I think seven guys. I ended up getting like second or third in my first ever late model. Heat. I'm like, well, why don't I just run this car? I'm like, this is way better. But they almost black flagged me in that race because of, uh, I hit the accelerator for the first time down the back right away. It shot all the rust out of the pipes from sitting for 10 years. So it was just a big orange cloud. So like is he on fire what's going on here but uh yeah so that's another interesting story um we didn't even do a nut and bolt check on that car before i took it out that's still you know ignorance is bliss uh i had new seatbelts in it that's that matters right safest thing about the car at that point if anything's gonna go wrong yeah um i actually raced the feature and lost brakes because brake fluid was old go figure um <laughs> well, like finish the bad. <laughs> Finished the race, though, and I think I finished fifth on the lead lap. Jesus. So, so well, when you can't slow down, you have to go fast. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Um, So the following year after that, I sold my super stock because I was like, all right, I'm just going to go late model racing. And I was working on making the late model better. And then I got Connor James's old late model from Sunset Speedway on a steel video. It was basically the same price to buy that car as it was to upgrade my new one. Um, so we painted that thing up to match so they look like twins so nobody knew I upgraded my car. 
until I finally spilt the beans and basically told people I had a new car because I couldn't stop laughing. We're like, yo, your car is so much faster this year. I'm like, I know, right? I did so much work in the off season. No, I just went and bought another car. Um, so I raced that. I did, I want to say 30 races in a year with that car. Yeah. Uh, my first time in a competitive late model. So I raced that Sunset Speedway from their opener until Peterborough opens. And then I'd run Sunset and Peterborough on every night from, I think it was April we started back then. until so I finally broke the car in September. There was one pro late model start there too, at Flambro, because I got called out on uh, my BS. Because I posted a thing on Facebook about, well, we got rained out at sunset and we were already halfway there. I'm like, hey, if somebody gives me a set of tires tonight, I will run pro late. Mike Westwood, being the guy he is, he goes, I have a set of tires for you. Get down here. So we go down there, put a set of tires on my rims and uh, no practice again because I was coming from sunset to get down there. And uh, I'm like, all right. Well, they're going to give us a couple laps to warm up the tires in the late models. I'm like, that, that, that was, that's good enough practice. It's like qualifying. I got lapped two laps by J.R. Fitzpatrick. And I'm like, this may have been a bad idea. So um, we're sitting there running that car, and I finally kind of get the hang of Flamborough because I've never driven a late model around Flamborough ever Yeah. at that point. So I'm like, all right, we're getting the hang of it. So I'm just following Gary Elliott of all people. I'm like, he has so much history here. I'm like, if I just don't wreck him, I'll be good. Like, but, and I'm realizing I'm sitting there trying to outbreak and I break. I'm like, wait, these guys have four piston brakes. I have like GM single pot calipers. I am not outbreaking anybody here. <laughs> so I'm like, I can feel my brakes getting softer. I'm like, I'm just going to let them cool off. I went, so we got a caution for rain on lap. I think it was a 30 lap feature on lap 27. I was on the lead lap right side by side with Gary Elliott. So that's a huge, like, like Gary Elliott wasn't a hero at that point, but like, because I didn't understand his like history, but like the more I've got to know him since then, it's like, wow, I got a race with Gary Elliott before he left. Like, yeah. you know what I mean, like he went, was he in Nova Scotia now? Yeah, he's in Nova Scotia. Yeah. So it's like one of those things, like some people growing, like they're coming to racing now, be like, oh, I wish I could have raced with, I wish I could have raced. And it's like, I got to, and like I got to race side by side, door to door, trading paint. Um, and it's even cooler because it's kind of like a rivalry because it's Quaker State versus my liquid Molly, too, right? So it draws attention for, good and bad reasons right yeah um so yeah i broke that car at sunset for the velocity weekend um i broke it good i broke clutch trans and rear end all in the same power up uh so it was gonna be parked for a while um i then bought uh bought a bone stock because people were running their mouth on facebook about how bad of a driver I was and they could drive me any of the week. So I bought the slowest car I could find. I mean, a car that, so like a car I knew could not even make the A main at colors. It's failed to qualify every single time it's ever got it. I paid way too much for it, but it was, I, I was paying money to prove a point. I was yeah. that petty. I spent three grand on a bone stock that was like, I couldn't ever win a heat race or anything with, but to only pass one person and I passed them on the outside at Flamborough three wide. And then I sold the car. Um, so that was a bone stock. That was, uh, I think you were there for that one, Megan. That was the first year of COVID. And uh, that was the first blue and yellow uh, Honda Civic with the big Kapow numbers on the side. I might have. I only, I ran the end of 2019 for three nights. No, so didn't run it all. I think you were I there might, at the track. I might though. have like, we didn't know each other. In there. 
Yeah. But anyway, so I sold that car to a, a friend after I was kind of done doing it. They got into racing and I told them like, hey, listen, this is a car you get your start in, then you move up. Because um, sometimes you, you, you can't just jump in the best car because you don't know what to do with it. And uh, this is kind of where I'm having an issue now. But uh, so after that, I bought my first legend car, which was I bought a parts car that we couldn't find a brake pedal for to race at my first race. And I actually questioned if I needed it or not. Like, like I'm like, if can I just put one in there from like, you know, a regular car instead of a legend car brake pedal? And I'm glad I didn't because I realized how much you need both those brake pedals sometimes in a legend car. Um, so I drove that one. I hated that car. That car yeah. and me didn't get along. It I lost the right front suspension twice. It just literally vibrated loose in the middle of a race like with double nuts and washers and lock washers on it and lock nuts. I'm like, so I traded it back to the guy I bought it off for another car he had there, which I called candy last year. Um, we did really well with that car for what it was. Um, that was a run of the mill, uh, 1250 car. It was, it was heavy, especially with me in it. Like those cars aren't really built for, you know, big guys like me to make weight. So I was running top 10 almost every time I got in that car. I was leading laps when I started up front. So um, I really like that car. I, I really want to run those cars. But after having the big accident at Flamborough last year, I just can't put my back just running those anymore. Um, so then I sold everything I own, late model, legend car, uh, the bone stock I had last year for colors um, to buy the car I have now, which is back into the super stocks again. And there's a few cars I drove for people. Like I drove a mini stock last year and my old super stock for the same guy last year um, to help fill in for when he was injured. So last year I actually drove in one calendar year. I drove bone stocks, mini stocks, super stocks, trucks, legend cars, and late models all at Peterborough Speedway. <laughs> so it was a, it was a busy season. One car, one night was three cars in one night and it had to have been like 30 degrees in the first night. Bless you. Thank you. And uh, yeah, it had to be like 30 degrees that night. I think I got top 10. So the, my car had a fuel pickup issue, but I finished eighth with it, I think, in the late model. His car, we dropped two or three cylinders in a 50-lap race. He goes, just bring it back in a bag. If it runs, keep going. I'm like, all right. If it runs, keeps going. It sounded like a John Deere tractor on one cylinder going by after when we were done. But I finished ninth. I was still passing people because it cornered that well. I'm like, man, if I had horsepower, this thing would be like a beast. And I think I finished 11th in the super stock and I broke the right rear shock and the right rear spring in it. So I that's the weirdest thing about me. If I get a really good car, I can't drive it. If I have a car that's broken, that's falling apart, I will pass people like no tomorrow. I don't understand what's going on, but I can drive a broken car better than a good one. I mean that's usually the case with racers though they they you guys are a weird bunch. So I find a lot of you guys if it's broke you guys will but half the time it's the cuz it's broke cuz they're mad that's why they're going to drive better right? Like I'm talking about You're like right. I didn't I didn't even know stuff was broke sometime. So like autumn colors last year I was driving my bone stock and I was driving my legend car. The yeah. bone stock went great. Um I started almost dead last 
just like the first car that was automatically in the A with it going through the B main and drove it through the pack up to like third. And I realized I had to go to tech and I had to get my legend cars. So I'm like, hey, sixth place doesn't get tech. So we'll drop back. Um, <laughs> to then jump in the legend car, which I was doing good. I was in, I think, eighth or seventh place. And all of a sudden, there was a big pile up on a restart. I hit the guy so hard, I destroyed his whole rear frame rails and stuff like that. What the crew didn't tell me is I broke off a radius rod, knocked the bumper behind the tire so I couldn't steer right. And I think there was something else broken that I found later when I had to order parts. And they're like, oh, you're, you're done. I'm like, I drove it down here. I'm not done. <laughs> I'm like, tape whatever needs to be taped and get me back out there. They get me back out there. I didn't lose a lap because caution laps weren't counting. I go out there. I start trying to pass people. It's counter steering them. I'm like, I'm trying to steer to the right. And I'm like, it won't steer right. I'm like, I'll just slow down. And so I finished 10th with a car with the left front only being held on with the exhaust. The radius rod would flip and hit the exhaust manifold and like lock itself in place. I'm like, well, that was kind of sketchy, but <laughs> the car was faster. I don't understand why, but I'm like, all right, maybe I need more caster in that car. But, so, oh boy, you have been a man of, uh, it, I, I, you told me, uh, you've told me a couple of these stories before and they're always, they're always so much fun to listen to. Because it, I sit here and think at the same time, I'm like, hmm, that's something I would do too. A lot of people, like, you always hear the stories of, like, the guys that don't give up and stuff like that. And I've I've never been one of those guys that, like, I'm not a favorite to win anytime I go away. I've, I've never been, like, I'm never going to show up to the track and there's going to be, like, people like J.R. Fitzpatrick. I'm like, oh, yeah, Beanie's taking Fitzpatrick down today. That's never, ever going to happen in my life. If it does, recall this and play it back for me. <laughs> um, Someone better get this on video. <laughs> I think you're recording it right now. <laughs> but yeah, like I said, I'm never going to show up against you know guys like that with that kind of experience. Be like, hey, he's gonna he's got a shot to win this. Like I'm going to be a guy that I'm never going to give up. I've something like losing power steering. I'm going to fight through it. If that car will physically drive around the track where it's not going to harm somebody else that I can control. Like if a wheel's falling off, I I'm going to pull over because yeah. at that point it's a risk to other people, but small things like a radius rod that all that's doing is making infinite caster adjustments. So it's, it's still holding on. It's still safe ish, but like you, you drive accordingly. So like I've lost, I've lost brakes. I think everyone at one point has lost brakes. Um, I've dropped so late last year in the late model. I dropped the transmission. It fell out of the clutch, but we got locked in the high gear somehow. So I went out just in high gear so I couldn't hit the clutch. So I was running, I think, third in the late models when all of a sudden there was a wreck in front of me and they, they zipped back around the track and the transmission fell all the way to the clutch and we were done. Um, but yeah, it's, I don't know if that's because. So my one feature win I have comes from Kawartha Speedway when all of a sudden we're doing the mini stocks and the bone stocks at the exact same time because there was a limited amount of cars for both fields. So at Kawartha Speedway being a big track, if you put 10 cars out there, it is boring. Yeah. Especially when you're talking about mini stock or bone stock. So we put all the field together. We raced for the same money. So like if I would have won the mini stock race, I would have got the mini stock payout. Yeah. But they would have got their mini stock trophies and stuff like that. And I would have got my bone stock trophies. Well, halfway okay. through the race, 
I'm pushing as hard as I can. There's guys from dirt tracks and stuff like that. There's guys from like Peterbilt Speedway, Sunset Speedway, Barry Speedway, I think was still in existence. And then all of a sudden we're like done the race and they're calling me down to victory lane. I'm like, oh, I must be in the top three. They're doing top three interviews down at the bottom. <laughs> so they I see the three mini stocks. I'm like, oh, cool. I'm like three mini stocks. I'm like, I think it was Tyler Junkin, uh, Ryan Babin, and I think it was Camrath. I'm not 100% sure. But then all of a sudden, where's the rest of the bone stock? I'm the only one down here. So like everybody broke trying to keep up with the mini stocks. You're the only guy that survived it, your whole class. I'm like, cool. So I don't know if that's why I keep fighting because anything can happen. Yeah. Like, like everybody sits there and laughs, be like, I always said, like, sometimes that my best chance of being a 28 car pilot, Frosttoberfest 2017, there was a 28 car pileup coming to the green flag. I was the only car that didn't make contact through the entire thing, I think. That video is on Pill Power and YouTube. If you guys want to check it out after watching the <laughs> podcast, um, it is a great clip because the two leaders come side by side and they they roar together. And then the whole field, it's Frost Fest. Nobody wants to lose. It's one of the last races of the year. And um, yeah, everyone just piled up. I had that weird gut instinct that something stupid was going to happen. So I laid back. And you can only watch the video. All of a sudden, everybody goes and I wait like six car lengths and then I slowly drive through the field. But. <laughs> Then, then they they come up to me like, oh, oh it's gonna be a complete restart except for involved cars. I'm like, everybody's involved except for me. So they're like, do you want to start a front? I'm like, no, I just watched that. I'm like, put me back in my spot. Like, I'm okay not starting up front. Like, I don't have the car to beat these guys. I had a car, like I said, it was single master cylinder, drum brakes in the back. I weighed 34, 3,500 pounds compared to like some guys like 3,000 pound cars. I'm like. I was not winning that race unless they did that again. <laughs> but, they got some more cars. like <laughs> Yeah. I think I ended up finishing, I want to say it was 14th, but because I missed the, the first race when they did the double features, I was like 20th overall or something like that. Okay. But that, that's just the way it was. Like You have to be prepared to finish the race because anything can happen. You're absolutely right. You never know what is going to happen because... There's been plenty of times where, you know, I'm sure we, we, we've we all logged thousands of laps of just watching videos and you can tell when something's about to happen. And, you know, even playing back old races, like, let's be honest, Brandon, how many times have you watched that YouTube video that of last week of your in-car? A lot. Um, <laughs> I, I've, I've lost count. It was about like 230 views. I'd probably at least 40 of them. <laughs> Uh, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna do an official check right now, because I haven't checked the last time I checked it was at like two twenty three, I think. Yeah, I think it's like two thirty seven. The last I checked. Jesus, see, look at this. This guy probably checks daily. No, I stopped checking this week um, because it was like. So I actually use that video not even so much as to watch what I'm doing, but I, I've sent that to people like John Baker Jr. Like, hey, do you see anything in this car that I'm doing wrong that I can improve as a driver? Because I'm driving a car that a Hall of Famer built. So I don't know if it's me slowing the car down. I don't know if I can improve it any at all or if, you know, I'm getting the most of this car. Like, So it's like, hey, if I send it to other people that will give me the raw, honest opinion, be like, all right, I'll know if it's me screwing up or if maybe I need to adjust the car for Peter Rowe a little better. Yeah. Well... That night we came out, you were on a string of, what, three weeks in a row, four weeks in a row of fourth place finishes? Yeah, I was uh, three in a row in the 
fourth place in the feature. Yeah, like and unfortunately then I got she got passed by uh was it Marley Owen there? Yeah, like, I didn't realize when she got to me it was two to go. Otherwise, I probably would have raced her a little harder for that fourth. But at the same time, at Piro Speedway, there's no upper crew. I'm like, hey, maybe if the caution comes out, you know, I'm in fifth now and I'm gonna get two spots. Yeah. Right. But uh yeah, it's, I was losing on tire there. Um in the beginning of the video, when we're going out to lineup, you could hear me talking. I I know you've heard this whole conversation with myself, John. Freaking about oh yeah, they're on fresh tires. They're on fresh tires. They have fresh <laughs> tires. Oh, I'm not on fresh. Paul's on a fresh. Oh, I think Marley's got stickers I can see. <laughs> I'm like, so I'm having this whole conversation. But like, this is going to be a bad night. I'm the, like one of the few guys here on old tires, which I was still on old tires this week, um, which the car was a lot looser this week for some weird reason. Um, I spun that thing at twice. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, we uh, we did the whole like John Force burnout coming out of four where you couldn't see to get back on the track. So luckily it was practice and wasn't any good tires or anything like that is what it is now i uh i, I hope someone had a video of that because that'd be interesting to watch um, um i think stronco was there i did oh, yeah? the exact same thing spinning out in the heat because we had some people are blocking in the heats because of how competitive the field is so you're trying to get the few points you can to the heats and stuff for that qualifying position so i just caught somebody probably about four car lengths before I was supposed to hit the brakes. I caught them, had to get on the brakes and lock up, and I just got sideways before I even turned into the corner. I'm like, well, I can either spin this out and not wreck the car off the outside wall, and then I rolled in, into the back of the inside wall, and I think that's what broke the trans, but it's never good to take a bump as your 6,000 RPM. No, absolutely mm -hmm. not. You never want that to happen. Um Anyway, so I'm, I I want to jump ahead here because we I find we have a kind of a weird story of how you and I got introduced to each other. I I think it's kind of weird. <laughs> so the first time we ever met, Brandon and I ever met, was at Motorama this year. Um, and this guy, I. Oh, Brandon, Brandon, Brandon. Did you actually get introduced to me because Cam was doing the Feeny call and you did it better? No. <laughs> I, no, no. no. I swore that's like Cam was doing the Feeny call. And then like we were talking on Facebook, I think, at that point. But I thought you were the wrong John Morrison. That's that's where I was going with this. I was walking back from the next hall over from hall two, I think it is. Yeah, because we're in 1B. I was coming back from hall two, walked by, and you're like, Where's your race car? What are you talking about? <laughs> and you're asking me about, you know, where my car was. I'm like, I don't own one. He's like, aren't you Johnny Morrison? I was like, no. <laughs> and I was like, I'm John Morrison, but not Johnny Morrison, which is funny because, you know, the fact that if y'all remember, you guys would remember that back in 2020, they did the Caldecott uh, iRacing deal, right? And in those races, I was looking and there was a J. Dot Morrison in the 83. And I'm looking like, who the hell is also a J. Morrison here in Ontario? That <laughs> if you actually look, I was in those races. I think I was racing uh, for them. Yep. I, I do. I watched those religiously. I, I remember watching you up there too. 
but the fact and the fact that you mistaken me for him, I was like, oh man, now I wish I had a better story. <laughs> <laughs> but you're you are correct though. Um, I was over by you when so Cam, I was up doing. I was talking to John or someone over in the Sobble area. I can't remember who I was talking to, but I kept looking up and I see Cam was over there talking to you. Uh, and then after I was done, whoever was uh, who I can't still. It, Boggles my mind who was talking. It could have been Gressel. Gressel. I think I was talking to Gressel. Uh, and then the next thing I come over, you know, you and I start talking. And uh, Cam comes back. And we we were already joking prior about the Feeney call, I think. Yeah. we've. I think that joke started very early. I think me and Cam started that joke probably before the show. Yeah. Because I said that's how he had to meet me. He had to just yell it out and just, like, walk over. Um. <laughs> Just because I, you grow up with the last name, you get used to it. It's actually kind of funny because, like, if somebody knows you, they have to know you to do that. Yeah. Because the, the only times, like, you walk up because, like, with racing, you walk up and like a fan will come and be like, "Hey, Brandon, how's it going?" I'm like, "Hey, bud." Yeah. <laughs> so like, you walk up to the Phoenix Club, like, "Hey, you know to do that." So it's like, yeah. well, now now people are gonna watch this, and I'm gonna have like a hundred people doing it just for fun. But Sobies is gonna be so much different now. <laughs> <laughs> but that's how i got you to come up on stage because yeah. i was there to do the live show because greg mcpherson invited us to come down and do the live show megan was unfortunately unable to come the saturday but she was able to be there the sunday but you came up on the saturday and i did my whole little like introduction spiel stuff that we usually do on the show and then i'm like and now we're gonna bring in our guests of the uh of the show we're gonna bring in the driver the number 38 brandon <laughs> I just realized that is Megan actually old enough to know that show's reference? No, John had I had to search it up. <laughs> I, I just realized that I'm like, she's not old enough to know who Mr. Feeney is. But she should. That's the problem. She does now. That's all that's important. Exactly. I can't. I there's been a few times lately I've said something thinking she might know it. And she's like, I have no clue what the heck you're talking about. I'm like, I, I want to hit my head off the wall. Like, so here, here's the funny thing about that. It's like, I have a lot of people like, oh, they quote movies and stuff like that. I don't watch movies. Yeah. I, I'm either in the trailer working on my car. I'm here playing iRacing or something like that. Or I'm at work. That's the majority of my life. I'm either working on cars and getting paid, working on my cars and spending my money, or racing video game cars to hopefully pe make people spend money on my real car. <laughs> <laughs> That's the whole circle of life here. <laughs> yeah. But uh, uh, meanwhile, I'm over here. I'm like, I watch movies. I watch shows. And I know a lot of the references. And it bugs me when other people don't. So I'm like, and I just wasted years of my life remembering this for nothing. But here's the weird thing is I remember stupid little things for no reason. Oh. Like, <laughs> if I could control my memory, I'd be a smart person. <laughs> I feel that. I feel that so much. Like. We'll be having a random conversation and like I'll pull up the answer, like almost like it's Jeopardy. And like, how do you know that? I'm like, no. <laughs> I just I, I, I learned it one time in grade three on this day. On this, what'd you have for breakfast? What's breakfast? <laughs> I'll take useless information for a thousand, Alex. <laughs> Who's the new host of that? I don't know. I think they're flip flopping around with hosts right now. I thought they decided on one. I think it was the Canadian guy that won a lot. Was it? I think I don't know. I 
I haven't watched oh. Jeopardy since I was a young kid. The intro to this podcast is going to be Weird Al. I lost on Jeopardy. <laughs> Dude, I already got the Feeny call lined up. So that way we... <laughs> so when we introduce you, we got the Feeny call coming on. Perfect. Oh, it's even going to be better. Um, but no, I thought that was hysterical how you thought I was someone else. And, you know, over those two days at the show, we just shot the crap between each other. And, you know, we... It was it was pretty damn funny how like we just instantly clicked at the show. Oh yeah, we, we got along great. It was so we we were there Saturday. Then we both went down to Flamborough on our own accord because you were working with the CVMs. Yeah, I went down there just because Motorama, as a person that's working the venue, it gets very repetitive. You're talking to a lot of people, so like I said, it's I'm actually not much of a big people person. Like I don't like crowds. Oddly enough. But um, so like all of a sudden Sunday night big crowds are like, oh, look at the time. It's time to go down to Flamborough <laughs> and work on like I'll jump in on work on someone's car if they ask me to. Like I have no problem doing that. But like, you know, if 30, 40 people like start like crowding around me and I'm like, no, I'm just going to hop in my car and like start signing autographs. So like if you ever come to Peterborough Speedway and we do like the fan appreciation stuff like that, if you ever see me in the car, it's just all of a sudden the crowd got too big. And I'm just like zoning myself out and trying to get back into like the right spot so I don't run and be terrified. Honestly, man, I, I I understand where that that's coming from, though. Like, it's it's tough sometimes, right? Like I said, I've just never been a big people person, and then yeah. like, and nowadays, like, I've been enunciating this whole pod. I think um, you're doing a really good job tonight. Yeah, <laughs> like you you know me in person. Like all of a sudden, I'll start stuttering words and stuff like that, and that's how many times I've hit my head. I used to be able to really talk really well because I could talk. You know, I could sell. I don't know the politically way of thing. I could sell anything, but um, you know where I'm going with this. Like yep. a lot of people will get the reference and, uh, but yeah, you like, sell, I, I sell an ice to an Eskimo kind of thing. Yeah. I was going for a politically correct version, but all right. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I, couldn't fi- I couldn't figure one out. So you said so, it, sell ice to a polar bear. Then I'll cut out the <laughs> other one, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, you know what I mean? Like, so um, absolutely. I actually got my first ever derby car by putting a Kijiji ad saying about how much we were going to work and freaking some guy bid it. And that's how motorsports started. Like, Oh wow. So like, it was literally, I put a bluff out on Kijiji. Someone called my bluff. I had to call my own bluff, build a derby car. I think we ended up finishing third with that car at like my hometown fair after almost getting flipped. So I'm like, well, he's got to love that sponsor was hooked for, we ran with that sponsor for a couple of years. He was a towing company, gave us cars and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden freaking, I'm like, Hey, if I did this with one sponsor, I was the derby guy. Everyone hated. Cause I had like six sponsors on my car paying me like 200 bucks a piece. And these guys were like, man, I got my entry covered. I'm like, man, you gotta like, you gotta do all the social media. Like, so like I actually did more social media for my derbies than I did at racing at the beginning. So I'm like, Oh, it's racing. Like, you know, it's, they want to be on race cars. You're not smacking it up. You don't have to do all this extra work because the car lasts all year. I was wrong. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, they, it's it's fun. And you know, earlier this week, you up on TikTok there, you took uh, you t- you took the one clip of you talking about the wall of, <laughs> of the Peterborough, and I thought I swear, man, I thought I sent those other clips to you. So I I am sorry that I that you didn't get all of them. Uh, and there's good. still more I'm like scratching the surface of because I've been so busy last week. 
and I'm hopefully going to get them transferred over to my phone and send them off to you as soon as I can. But yeah, like it's, it's unreal. So when I get bored, I do stuff like that. So like, I realized the camera was in the car for something. So I was trying to be kind of entertaining TV personality. <laughs> and then like all of a sudden I forgot it was there. And then, you know, I do no, no, don't touch me there. This, this my no, no square. And I'm like, right. Cameras. Oh, well, <laughs> but um, there's actually, so when I first started late model, the first ever time I had radios on, um, I, Brock Baker respond spotting for me. We're under red flag. Somebody went out the opening and, you know, to keep calm, I'm sitting there. Do, do, do baby shark, do, do and all that stuff <laughs> singing over the radio, making him sing it back from the crowd. <laughs> So people think he's you know gone loony because he's doing the next verse and like they're not hearing the the ones in between. The only problem is I'm sitting there like dancing to it, bouncing my foot on the gas pedal, flooded the carburetor. Yeah, don't do that. We got bump started, fired it up, fireball out. But yeah, so if you're ever dancing in your race car that has a carburetor, do not pump the gas pedal. <laughs> Hit the brakes. <laughs> yeah, always go for clutch and brakes. Move your feet over one set of pedals and you'll be fine. But yeah, it's. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am like the biggest definition of squirrel you will ever meet. Like probably halfway through this podcast, we probably started talking about something. I seen like food and like, ooh. <laughs> like I had to keep like, you know Oreos here just to keep myself entertained. <laughs> like all of a sudden, if I'm like, oh, Oreo. So if you ever see me like just like sneak up here, it's probably because I'm having an Oreo. <laughs> hey, nothing wrong with that, man. Um <laughs> No, the worst part is I have the Nutella dip them in as well. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, that sounds <laughs> So I what's funny is uh you're not the first guy I know that's ever sung in his race car and actually hit the button. Um I, I used to crew for a guy, David Elliott, whenever I wore the headset, just just listening, just to click off lap times and stuff. <laughs> All of a sudden he'd be like let's say it'd be under uh you know yellow flag condition. All here is uh Oh man, what did I hear the one? I, he would just start singing something random. He like, He's like the whole bubble Wallace where he starts rapping down on the street. No, he, he he was very <laughs> that was too then slower. Did you guys not like my freestyle? <laughs> <laughs> but no, he yeah, he he sang whatever his heart felt like at the time. And oh man, it, it was just you were just sitting there listening, like, is this guy really singing right now? So, fun fact, I don't have that button in my car, and because I use, like, actively my helmet for my headset now, instead of, like, the cheap ones you get with the walkie-talkies, like, I don't have real radios, I have walkie-talkies off Wish, that actually showed up. (laughs) (laughs) So, so, like, everyone's like, oh, they got their big, like, Motorola spotting setup, and I've got, you know, Baofeng triple-eights. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know what, they work. Hey, they work, but I, I, I got eight radios. I want to say for eighty dollars, <laughs> and then I bought like two headsets. That I could actually could hear somebody talking to me for like one hundred and fifty bucks a piece. <laughs> yeah, I, now we need to get you a sponsor for the radios for some proper radio setups, so, or at least a button where I could talk back, or just, or just a push to talk. So I, you know what? I'm I'm gonna look on grisdales and i'll reach out to some guys who's got a push talk see how much i can get one get one for you so and here's I'm gonna the funny send thing. it to you here's the funny thing because i had the bow fangs i used the rare i think it's the kenwood plug <laughs> which they don't make a lot of stuff for it so i think everyone has the motorola over there 
so they're smaller spacing. And yeah. They're the, so mine's a Kenwood, so it's a bigger spacing, and they're the other way. So I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to look for this because it probably doesn't exist. I took forever to find my like radio thing for my helmet where it would actually plug into the MSIC connector. And even that's duct taped together to work. <laughs> All right. So if anyone would like to sponsor Brandon, a proper full system here. <laughs> contact us and we'll get we'll get it to him <laughs> or contact brandon himself because i let, let's get you into some proper gear <laughs> uh, yeah i've got like one of the nicest cars in ontario and i'm not saying like the wrap is nice i'm saying like i've bought one of the nicest cars in ontario from the guy who built it and it's like he he was so worried because i'm starting to put like all this like weird sketchy stuff in like <laughs> he goes that's what you use for radios. That's what you use for this. I'm like, yeah. He goes, I'm just going to give you a lot of parts that like I was going to keep, but you clearly need them. Cause I don't want to see you run stock control arms on a super stock. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, man. It's uh, I don't know where to go next after that. Cause like, <laughs> where, like, where do you go? Uh, the next thing on your piece of paper, that's where you go. <laughs> you know what's funny? Here's the thing. Here's the thing about my show. You dropped is... a piece of paper, turned it into an airplane, and just threw it? No, <laughs> no. I don't. I, I never plan. Because the one thing is, is who was it? It was uh, It was on the Dale Jr. download. And they were, they were talk, talking to someone. I can't remember who. Um. But it was a media guy, and essentially he had the media guy had his list of questions. Okay. Oh, like Dale Jr.'s media guy? No, no, it was um it, it was it was someone from just in general, like the meeting, um, uh the media for NASCAR, just someone in general. And they were having a TV interview with him. And essentially there it wasn't it wasn't with Dale Jr., it was someone else. I think it was Jimmy Johnson. But they were talking to him and they were saying that uh you know he he would if let's say jimmy i think it was jimmy so let's say it's jimmy johnson if jimmy started trailing off away from where the interviewer wanted it to go he would stop him and bring him back man i need that for like everyday life okay so here's (laughs) but that's the thing for that package for joe media like (laughs) follow me around every day like when i start so funny story we're at work the Goodyear blimp flies above. Somebody tells me this. I'm like, well, there goes my day. Every like 15 minutes, I'm like, oh, there it is. Where <laughs> he was here for a golf tournament, but I didn't know that. I thought he was, you know, maybe circle around. We're a Goodyear dealer. Like, yeah, it was like ad time we paid for. I don't know. <laughs> but like half my day was chasing where a blimp went that had nothing to do with my job. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Here's the thing. This is the thing for me. And Megan learned this yesterday. I have this flight radar app on my phone. <laughs> so like we where i live i live in brampton now and it's a prime real estate for airplane for like air because we're so close to the airport yeah okay essentially if i sit out in the backyard right now and i look up i can see the planes that are coming in from like vancouver calgary winnipeg stuff like that as they'll come fly towards our house and essentially bank off left or right depending on which way they're landing so there's times we're sitting here and we just like Oh, I wonder where that one came from. So we bring it up on our app. Oh, this one's coming from Calgary. Five minutes later, oh, that one's from Vancouver or that one's from Winnipeg or, you know. So you pro- Did you catch like the thing I threw at the window of the plane coming back from Vancouver last year? <laughs> oh, boy. Um, 
<laughs> Jesus Christ. But I know uh uh Megan's I'm gonna call I'm just gonna call him your brother-in-law, Cody. Mm-hmm. Um he got he got the app today and he's like uh he's like what do you say? He goes, uh he's like, Oh, I just looked at the app, he's like, huh, I wonder why there's no planes flying to Russia. <laughs> or, you know, I, I got. I don't want to. I don't want to misquote him. I don't want to misquote him because it was funny. Where is it, Cody? There you are. Sorry, Cody. He goes. Ha! I like how there's no planes going to Russia. <laughs> uh, oh God! But yeah, he's. Yeah, but I was. I love sitting out here watching the planes. And for me, Jacqueline and I, you know, my girlfriend and I, will be sit out back, and next thing you know, we'll have this serious, deep conversation, and I'll hear the plane to go. Where's it going? Flight right, flight radar. Ooh, that one came in from Frankenfurt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, so, funny story. So we're sitting there. You just looked at your phone. So I'm like, I should probably check because, like, I don't know how long people are, you know, trying to mess me or something like that. If there's anything important. So because the whole thing with uh, Cam Harris, we'll probably touch on later, maybe depending on how long we go. He goes. So I, I I've been kind of known for stirring the pot for making things happen. So I'm like, man, he goes, you need a spoon spawn. So he just like tags me in this on Facebook. He goes, we need to make this happen. So um, Cam, when you watch this, I know you watch Jomo now. At least not you will be now because you're kind of forced to. We mentioned your name. You have to watch. Oh, we're going to tag him. We are now going to tag him in the post for Tuesday. Yeah. So, um, yeah, they're watching. I eat a lot of cake. I'm a big boy. I can be sponsored by Betty Crocker. <laughs> I wash it down with a Dr. Pepper or whatever company wants to sponsor me. I'll put it in the cup. I will drink that in the race car. Dude, oh, I feel the same way. Betty Crocker, oh. Actually, that's, by the way, that's something I got to remake again. And I got to bring out a tray to you, Brandon, and, and a tray to Megan as well. It's uh called Half Hour Pudding. If you guys have ever I don't know if it. I trust this. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I'm a really picky eater. Like I, so like I'm a super picky eater. Like I don't eat vegetables. There's like if things are not the way I like it, it's, I've basically grown up this way. I tried to like change my eating habits a few years ago. I'm like oh, I'll start like with lettuce on my sub. Like small change. No, like instantly <laughs> sick. And it's like, well, that was a bad choice. But like I've I've tried here and there to do certain things. But it's like yeah, I. One, one of those things is like I don't try a lot of new things because I'm like especially if someone makes it because you, you don't want to offend the person because like oh sorry I'm not going to eat what you like slaved over the stove for <laughs> but yeah it's just like yeah I'll totally try this when you're not in eyesight so if I actually, like do have that reaction it's like oh yeah it was great you want to make it for again oh no that was good the one time we're good <laughs> but, okay. uh, the kid okay. that helps me hey you will will polish it off okay <laughs> We're going to touch on that because I thought that was hysterical when we, when we came out. But say so this half hour pudding is essentially just brown sugar, vanilla, flour, and like I think an egg or two or something like that. Okay. So it's, I it's, don't like that we're guessing ingredients already. <laughs> Do we have chocolate to that? Because everything chocolate tastes way better. I'll make some chocolate macaroons. Okay. I'm kind of special. What's a macaroon? Is it just oh, like a cookie? It, it, it's a, it's a no bake cookie. Okay. Wait, is and that like the haystack ones? That's the thing is they have so because many things. I've heard froggers, I've heard haystacks. <laughs> like the only thing is, is mine does not have coconuts. 
This There's is also like, one you can make with coconut. Now we're doing cooking with Jomo. Like I this, <laughs> <laughs> hey, this is like the whole like Dave Frank thing at Motorama all over again. <laughs> we start. We brought up food, and we're like, "Ooh, we're going over this way now." So stay uh, tuned for your new Thursday show, Cooking with Jomo. <laughs> <laughs> this week on the show, we're going to be making half hour pudding at the racetrack on a campfire stove. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to oh, show you, you know, your top favorite that... racetrack tips for eating healthy. You know what? I <laughs> wonder how good that would taste if I smoke it. Um, Which way? <laughs> Anna, if we're doing cooking, cooking with, <laughs> on a smoker. Yeah, which way you, okay, a smoker. I was like, some people smoking a barbecue. What were you no. thinking? <laughs> you know damn well what I'm thinking. I noticed that like, any... Snoop Dogg here. <laughs> Hey, I didn't know that every time one of us starts talking, nobody's taking a drink until we have a pause, just so <laughs> nobody has a spit take. <laughs> My problem is I'm out now. I actually just topped it up. Oh, <laughs> so when you heard the loud clunk, I have like extra bottles all close by me. So. <laughs> Some See, of us come prepared. Tonight. That was my mistake tonight. Usually, you know, I, usually I'm good. You know, when we start talking, it's going to be a long time. Oh, but it's always a good time. Well, nobody leaves disappointed. Heard <laughs> that a time or two. <laughs> oh, there's gonna be wives like messaging into the show. You can't make fun of my husband on his own show like that. <laughs> Watch me. <laughs> <laughs> You're but... the only one with a wife. <laughs> <laughs> I make fun of myself all the damn time. So yeah, that's the weirdest thing. Is like so. I've always found like through high school and stuff like that. I wasn't one of the popular kids. You know, I'm six foot two since size. Eight. I was a tall, lanky kid. That was a nerd. Like I'm still playing Pokemon go. Like I'm pretty sure I'm the only driver in like bone stocks to catch a freaking Pikachu on the backstretch of Peter Speedway <laughs> under a red flag. <laughs> okay. That's genius though. Well, cell phones are now banned for a certain Facebook live incident. I know the driver. I know the name. I just not going to mention it. Cause you know, <laughs> Yeah, no need to. We, we've all seen the video. Yeah. Genius. Like, this great marketing. <laughs> but... Yeah. Um, but, yeah. So, yeah. There actually is a spawn point at, B- at Peter Rose Speedway back there. <laughs> it's down by... So, if anybody knows Peter Rose Speedway, where they dug the banking out, there's basically a pond in the back. So, that's actually a spawn point because it's a wildlife reserve now. Um. It's also where that stunt guy tried to jump it like twice with a rocket car. I'm sorry. There's a little bit. Really? You of like the history of motorsports don't know a guy tried to jump that pond in the back with a rocket car? I don't remember hearing that about that one. This was like 70s or 80s. He tried it the first time and went bad and second time went worse. (laughs) I I can't remember his name. Uh, He's a famous stunt guy. It's not Super Dave Osborne. Um. Somebody on this podcast will watch and let you know. Somebody knows the name, but right now I can't think of it. Somebody will ask me in 10 minutes and I'll be like, oh, it's that guy. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, my God. I'm going to have to look at the try to find this later. Like, the first one I have is how to jump a lake with a rocket car. <laughs> what do you mean? How? Strap a <laughs> rocket to a car. Send it. <laughs> Wear a life vest. <laughs> yeah. Oh, maybe that one. Okay, 
the first thing that came up when I Googled it is Ken Carter. Yeah, that's it. Ken Carter. Okay. He's like one of the like biggest stunt guys from Ontario, like ever. All right, let's see it. Let's see if the I, I have it. I have a video playing up on my YouTube right now. <laughs> so I'm gonna hopefully see it because like I Okay, who's got the dog? Because that sounds like a pretty dog. Me. Okay. <laughs> is it a lab? I'm it's my boyfriend's dad's dog. He's like a I don't know what he is. Well, bring him over. Wilson. Come here. Oh, he's coming. He's coming. Oh, that's a, that's a big boy. Well, yeah, I knew it was a pretty dog. He's a, he's a cute dog. Yeah, he's a good boy. He's just loud. I said it's fine to be loud. He's a dog. He's allowed <laughs> to be. I know he's a mixture. I don't. He, it's like right there. He's got like a curly piggy tail, though. Yeah, it looks like he's kind of like husky, maybe some German Shepherd in there. Something. I'll remember it in a minute. <laughs> yeah. After we're done watching the Ken Carter video, be like, what? So instead of playing Who's That Pokemon, what kind of dog is, is what you said, Wilson? <laughs> like yeah. Wilson, like the beer? Yeah. All right. <laughs> see, now, I'm, now I gotta see if it, I, I found it. So let's see if it brings it up because, like, that's that's so interesting, though. Can I can't like believe you going. Sorry. Uh, maybe not with copyright things with the podcast. Oh yeah. But yeah, it's it, it's one of those things. Like you, you're a pretty big history buff with motorsports. Like you yeah. know a lot of stuff, and like that, I'm. If I would have known, I would have had Charlie tell you all about it because, like, Charlie Toner is a huge. Peter Bros. history buff. Yeah, because to me, like, that's... Like, I I love history. Like, I love learning about history. Like, I, I guarantee you, I'm probably maybe one of, like, a few people who have a copy of... Um, oh, what was that show called? Dale Jr. hosted it, and it was a race recap of old races they used to air them on speed channel all the time wow that's going back speed channel do you do you know what show i'm talking about though i know what show you're talking about do i know the name no no i i can't remember but he would but like throughout the episode they would throughout the episode they would talk about what was popular that year what was like the big the biggest hit of during that race what you know anything weird that happened and like i was so glued to those so speaking of glue to those, have you ever watched the uh, like Crew Chief Corner with Larry McReynolds? So, Wait, like, it's, like it you, it's like Crew Chief Corner with Larry McReynolds, and he tells you like different ways they cheat on cars, like that still doing today. It's all on YouTube. It's like the gum out Ooh. like secret minute or something like that. And like each time, it's like I want to say it's like a five minute video on YouTube, but it's like oh, this is how we made spoilers change and all this stuff, and this is how this is how we still cheat to this day. I may have done certain things after watching that to my car. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you're a tech guy from any big series, I'm definitely following all the rules with my car. I swear. Oh, yeah. Oh, there it is. 60 seconds with Larry. The yeah, sec- there it is. <laughs> oh, that's like a whole series. And it's like so many things. And like, they're not even touching on like smoky unit stuff. No. 
Oh, that's going to be so bad for me to watch. Good news is only 60 seconds long. So you can, you know, you can watch <laughs> like a couple. About? Actually, this one's a minute 54. Uh, I must be one of the first ones. Yeah, it was uh, Larry Max pushing the envelope, the magic spoiler. Yeah, that's it. Oh, see boy. <laughs> I'm like changing Jomo's life tonight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I thought I knew a lot. Now uh, <laughs> I found so, like. I found a new. I know what I'm going to be watching before going to bed tonight. Now, damn. So, like, <laughs> I watched really like back when I did derbies. There's not much you can do to study for a derby. You can watch how people hit and stuff like that, and try to figure out. But once you get hit the first time, all all you know, everything's broken loose. Yeah. Um. So what I used to do to build my cars is I'd watch hours of crash test videos of the car I'm building. In slow-mo, zoom in, watch what crumpled where, watch it crumpled another where. If I was a better welder at that time, I would have some really good cars. Yeah. (laughs) Because, like, I would patch things in certain ways in certain areas to fix that. Like, I remember, like, my first derby car I welded myself. I welded an aluminum bumper onto steel. Figured that one out. I don't (laughs) know how you manage that one. (laughs) It lasted two hits. So, But it was attached when it showed up, which was still impressive. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I. So, if you're familiar with demolition derbies, I built a Chevy Lumina that I run at Fall Brawl as a uh, straight stock gut and go into a pro mod, which is like essentially a late model. Essentially, you're taking a bone stock against late models if you go to Racing World. Yeah. And I'm like, well, you know, it's it shouldn't be that bad. Yeah. I what was like third last, <laughs> but like I like sitting there welding. It still drove after that. Yeah. Apparently, you need snow tires. But yeah, let's say I I find like weird stuff like that to watch. Like, so like racing, there's guys that will post videos or not even post videos. They have secret files of like stuff they watch themselves. So like the biggest thing I've watched is trying to figure out the art of a pass. So like a lot of people nowadays will just drive into your back bumper and move you up the track. And that's how they get the run on you. I have watched probably the same video of, one dude passing a car at Peterborough Speedway probably 150 times. It's exactly where he breaks, how much of a gap he gets, where he gets on the throttle, how he, like, what, like, where exactly on the track it is. Like, I still talk to him this day about that video and be like, hey, so, like, I was watching the video and, like, you do this here and this here. I'm like, how does that work? And then he'll explain and be like, oh, oh, because this car's a little heavier, you have to do this. And, like, you can see that when you start watching, like, some of, like, even the video that, uh, when your your camera was in the car there, you can see me attack certain little spots, but you either catch them in the wrong spot and you have to kind of lift. And with a crate motor, you lift. It's it's like a super speedway. You're not catching back up. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. He's sidetracked. He's like trying to like create a playlist on all these like pushing the envelope videos. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, man. I got so enthralled in them. And I, I haven't watched one yet. I'm just I'm just enthralled that they actually exist. So there's also <laughs> another thing of like uh, Ray Everingham doing like things about carburetors and stuff like that. <laughs> that oh, dude. He's going to be up all night. <laughs> I'm not. I'm going to go to work tomorrow. Just as long as I'm... <laughs> it sounds like you're not going to work tomorrow. I'm going to go to work. Now, whether or not I'm going to do actual work is going to be... <laughs> What are you doing? 
um studying how to do this job on youtube i swear <laughs> Here, yeah that's that's the problem is me and my coworker know exactly what we're doing so uh, I, if i find it on my phone i send it to one of my buddies on facebook who was uh, messaging uh, he's down in florida they run super late his name's dalton he wanted to shout out so this is the way i'm giving it to him I, I oh yeah I, I I sent him a video of me hanging the nose on my late model, so I don't have a garage. I was packing snow underneath the front of my late model, and using like an industrial fan with like a smoke machine to see how the hanging the nose was affecting the car. <laughs> Him in Florida, who a doesn't have snow, and b he has access to a wind tunnel to fix his car. <laughs> He's just sitting there. I think he laughed on like a Facebook call for a solid 30 minutes and then hung up. <laughs> he goes, that is so redneck. I'm like, but it works. Like, it's the stupid little things. Like, I'm never, I never have one of the prettiest cars in the track, but everything's there for a reason. Like, last year, everyone's like, oh, stand your spoiler up, stand your spoiler up. Well, I got freaking information from this guy down in the States, Dalton, about what they're doing with spoilers on track less than a half a mile yeah so i'm like well let's try it out and actually picked up speed on the car and changed handling characteristics but everyone's like arrow doesn't matter on these tracks yeah it does <laughs> like you think about late models at peterborough speedway are probably on the backstretch topping at 100 mile an hour if not a little more i can tell you right now if i stick my hand at the window at 100 kilometer an hour my hand goes back to the back window mm. so like Think about what they're hanging off is going to do your car at that point. Absolutely. Because, like, it arrow doesn't matter, but it matters. It it matters a lot more than you think. With with a super stock and a late model, arrow is going to matter every time. With a bone stock, it still matters. You think so? Bowen stocks at Peterborough are going 120 km an hour down the back straightaway, at least when I ran. I think they're going faster now. Really? Like, you're not going to be like, oh my God, I straightened one dent and I picked up two tents. Yeah. But like, simple things as, you know, having a clean paint job on the hood will actually get rid of pushes out of a car sometimes. Hmm. It's so like Megan's car, it was always like pristine at the beginning of the night. That was actually a big, big benefit with those big long straightaways at Flamborough. So yeah. you, you see guys with beat up cars like, oh, just, I guess the corner's got a big push. Well, yeah, it's because the nose isn't gripping the way it could. Like, if you want to talk about like pounds of downforce, I'm sure if somebody had millions of dollars, we could go take a beat up bone stock to a brand new one and like prove the point. But so if anyone here is rich and wants to see some like creative content, <laughs> we will beat up a bone stock and have a brand new one. Just for I, just for I'm your pleasure. I'm so down for that kind of vlog. That would just be so much fun. <clears throat> I'm actually it building be... the new enduro car, so like we could do it on that with like all the fresh bumper, and then after the enduro. <laughs> <laughs> so, but like that's why a lot of these guys are switching on mini stocks. They're switching to late model noses, but they're not switching right now to the conventional late model nose. They're going to the 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 new Gen Five body, the one with the splitter on the front. And yeah. then they're bracing it. A, that's forcing air through that opening, right? To so cool the car down if you airbox it properly. Yep. And B, that's pushing that nose down. Those cars are mostly front wheel drive. That is giving you front grip. 
it may it may only be a hundredth of a second in the corner, but when you're this close and like racing is in Ontario right now, you need every advantage you can get. It doesn't matter what mm-hmm. class you're in right now. It's true. You're absolutely right. I'm not gonna lie. Like you know what? That's the thing too, is last week you showed me the next day you sent me screenshots of how close your field is down at Peterborough for your super stocks. No one's more than two tenths off of what each everyone's running. Yeah, two tenths on best lap. And the thing is, when we all slow down, we all slow down the exact same. It's yeah. basically like if, if somebody loses drive off, like I've been having issues the last few weeks getting the, the rear end to bite. And it's like that's where all of a sudden they, they catch you because you heat your tires up and you wiggle. You have to lift a little bit. But it's like we can't pass right now at Peterborough without moving a guy or getting a huge run. So this is where coming like studying the art of a pass, how to set somebody up without losing all this time has to come in because when you're so right now, I think Mark Gordon, Bailey Jacobs and Marley are 14, nine flats to a 14, eight, depending on the day I'm right on their back with like a 14, nine, 15. Oh, and there's Paul Bounty. Uh, there's a couple more cars this week that actually just came back um, and all that stuff that they're like, a 15 to a 15 one, but to be faster on the outside of Peterborough, you're looking at two, three tenths to be faster on the high side. Nobody's two, three tenths fast. Like you might be for a couple laps, but it's like, how, how do you pass on the outside when the whole field's that close? Yeah. You're, you're not, you're not going to get that runoff you need. Like you were there last weekend too. Like even the bone stocks, we went through a bone stock race with one yeah. caution and nobody was a lap down. Yeah. Like one everybody was in halfway. packs. Like everybody was in big packs and it's like, they're so close in the racing. The field was so tightly packed. It's like nobody could get to the outside to pass for position. And they just stayed all in a big pack, which and normally in a bone stock is usually a really exciting race. It was even last week. It was exciting to watch. There, there's this still exciting races. About. Yeah. Like it was, it was not going to lie. It was a lot different watching a bone stock from Peterborough, like a bone stock race from Peterborough compared to a bone stock race at Flamborough. Yeah. at Flamborough, they start spreading out. You may have two, three cars, mm-hmm. but over there at Peterborough, we were having, you saw like five, six cars all clumped together. And the next pack was maybe four car lengths in front of them. They were being basically held up by one car. But yeah. They couldn't get around. So it's like, you had like five cars, five cars, five cars. And like two, three wide, four wide, five wide was all, all an option back when I was running. Like, so Peterborough has a different set of weight rules than most tracks in Ontario. But because they do that, I think that's what they get the good racing out of. A lot of guys like, oh, I don't want my Ecotech to weigh this. But like, this is why Prelude's at 2,800 pounds and Ecotech's at 2,800. They're running side by side. Yeah. Like, I go, to, I went down to Flamborough with a car that I probably, if I, Wanted to go through tech. They got a top three with that color. One of the biggest races of the year. I went to Flamborough and I couldn't even qualify for the A main. I'm like, it's it's not like I don't know Flamborough that well, like as a driver, but like at the same time, like you take a car that was a top three car, which you could say had a chance at winning, because like I was always up there. Like, I think Phil Givens officially won that race, um, followed by somebody else. But uh, yeah, the car that won it was actually the twin to the car I had. Yeah. I'm like, like I said, certain times you have to avoid tech. 
Um, so that. <laughs> well, I guess I don't own that car now, but um, there are definitely some illegal pieces that buy tech. So yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Well, we're okay. So we're, I want to touch on because we, we've gone a long time on this episode right now. <laughs> There's and gonna we, be some editing to do. Not a whole lot. Not a whole lot. But we're gonna bring you back on. We're gonna continue a lot more. Um, you know, probably by the end of the year, we'll probably get you back on. But I want to talk because we already said we're gonna give him a shout out. We got to give him a shout out again. Where we got to actually go in depth about it. This past weekend, you had the guys from the Stickers and Stuffs podcast join you out at Peterborough Speedway. Yeah, Cam Harris and Graydon Bun join you. Um, what was that like having those guys at the track with you? So Cam was working the OSS, as yep. you know. Uh, Graydon was actually with his sons, which you know it's great bonding time. To- Absolutely. So- Graydon got his first ever start in a race car at Peter Rose Speedway. Uh, fulfilled, you know, a dream. He'll be back out, I'm sure, once the things change a little bit for him. He's yep. he's doing better now. And then um, Cam has always wanted to call a race. I've known this from talking to him like I talked to you. Like, yep. he, like it's like me. I would love to drive a Penty Star. No one's going to, like, fork that kind of money over for me. Yeah. But, like. I, I knew it was like, so I'm like, I pull over Charlie, the announcement track. I'm like, hey, Cam works for the OSS, knows all the guys. Like, he should go up to the track with you and, you know, you know, call the race for the OSS. He goes, Charlie's like, that's a great idea. You know, all the stories and all this. And um, so, like, Cam was very, very emotional last night. <laughs> He's fulfilled his dream. Like, yep. Like, I'm not going to lie. If I ever got a start in even a truck or even a Penty's car, if once I finish the race, good, bad, or ugly, you probably have to find me sobbing in a trailer because, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like the the fact that I got to late model was kind of a dream for me. Like when I first started racing in 2014, I'm like, this is it. Like I'm a low budget guy. I, I I'll say low budget because I'm not a no budget guy because there's guys that run with a lot less than me. But uh, I'm lucky to have sponsors I have. But like, so I'm a low budget guy that I do the best I can with what I got. But it's like. I had the bone stock and I took the same budget into the thunder cars. I took the same budget in the thunder cars and the late models. Like you scraped and scrounge. You're like, Oh, I can get two tires this week. And like, just because the payouts were different, I was able to get a little better payouts and all that money went back into the car. Right. So like, I realized by people helping me that, you know, I realized kind of my own dream and I'm pretty much at the max where I'm going to be probably ever, unless, you know, somebody rich is you know looking for me to drive their car i'll drive anything um but yeah so like i am a kind of guy that will stir the pot um as we know at motorama um <laughs> yeah <laughs> so like i i knew that he wanted this opportunity so i you know just kind of pushed him off a cliff so he had his choice of he could jump off and enjoy the fall or he could be scared the entire way <laughs> uh so he jumped off and enjoyed the fall and uh I think we're trying to get him back to the Autumn Colors Classic now this year as an announcer. So I still think it'd be good to have you there as an announcer as well. Cause you know, I think you'd be very entertaining to call a race. Cool. Especially, you know, especially because you have all the big track announcers coming up basically to do this weekend. Because yeah. it's a three day, three day party weekend. So you got Charlie Toner, I think Gary Colling comes up once in a while. You have Brendan Doherty, and you have some fill in announcers and stuff like that. I don't know their names of I'm sorry, I'm sure I'll learn it eventually. And then we'll do Jeopardy questions later about it. <laughs> like, there are certain people that know certain drivers from certain tracks. That, okay, so if you're calling, say, six races before you get a break or something like that, 
I don't know how it works. I've never been an announcer because I can't speak properly on cue. Um, but it's one of those things that, like, if we had, say, you know, guys from Flamborough running mini stocks, uh, all that stuff, like, all those guys running, like, local classes, you could fill in where Charlie or Brendan wouldn't know because you know those cars. You're always at Flamborough. Yeah. Like, where it's, like, Charlie could fill in all the Peterborough cars, but it's, like, you need to have all those personal touches in there because sometimes races are boring. Sometimes they're just a train race like Dale Jr. at like Daytona. They're all around the outside and just, yep. We're just trying to, you know, maintain it and not wreck it for the feature. But so you have to fill in the dead space and make it entertaining for people to not want to, you know, go to the concession stands for races too soon. Yeah. Which, by the way, do you ever finish that brownie? Oh, dude! Yeah, I did. I, I did Friday. I did Friday night. No, Friday night. Yeah, Friday night. I finished them off. That's the longest lasting brownie you've ever had. That is the longest lasting brownie I've ever had. <laughs> okay, so next time I go, if I hope, I'm hoping I can get back out one more time this year because that was so, a lot of fun. Well, Megan, sounds like you're I'm coming for colors, you up. huh? I was sounds like you're I coming did... for colors. I can't promise I'm going to be there for colors. You can't make one day of colors on Thanksgiving weekend. I. I got my kids that weekend. Bring the kids. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> I can't confirm nor deny nothing until closer to. Yeah. But kids will love racing. Like 100%. even if you're even if you're not there as official business, it's family bonding time. Absolutely. But next time, if I go, Megan, I'm bringing back some damn brownies. If you don't go before me. I think honestly, if you go next time, you better pick up Megan because she's really been wanting to get it to Peterborough. <laughs> I need to go this so Me- bad. So next time we go, Megan, you're driving to Brampton. And then we'll drive um, out from my house. That's a deal. The person who drives home is the person who eats the least amount of brownies before they leave. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh boy. That yeah, that's good. That would be a lot of fun. Like um, at- Peterborough has such underrated track food. Like they have probably top three oh. track food in Ontario. Oh my god! But because everyone's like, started. so like Flamborough <laughs> is known for the Flamburger. Peterborough is probably the second best burger at tracks that I've personally Facts. had. Everyone's got Facts. their only own opinions. We can argue about it later on Cooking with Jomo show. <laughs> their their fries are really good as well. They're in the top three for all tracks I've been to. Like most of the food oh. at Peterborough is in the top three, but it's like. The only thing they kill on mm. on number one is those brownies. So it's like, yeah. So like certain things you get a flamber, like, I wish I didn't order that. Like that's every track, but like mm-hmm. seems like the whole menu is like top three food tracks. Oh, the burgers. Fantastic. The French fries. <gasps> oh my God. I, I actually, I actually put vinegar and salt on it. Normally I just put salt on them and I hardly had to use any ketchup, which is oh, yeah. rare for me. Yeah. Cause those are like freshly cut. Like locally oh, yeah. grown. Oh yeah, so, so good. And you the know, one what, thing that would make that better is a deep fried Mars bar. You know what the fact I really liked about Peterborough though is that they had stuff in combos, and it, it's not horribly priced for a regular no. night. Like if you go to a Blue Jays game or something like that, if you buy a hamburger combo <laughs> with fries, drink, and uh, the burger, I was like, it's 25 bucks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, at Peterborough, I want to say it's 14 25 I think it was like 15 bucks for us to have a burger, fry, and drink. Which isn't for, horrible. For one combo. Which isn't horrible for a track. Like, Absolutely not. You you have to understand, like, 
the tracks have to make money or we don't get yep. a race. So like they are paying somebody to make that food for you. That then they're also losing, you know, they have to have the person at the you know track, which they're technically losing revenue because half the people that work at the track are race fans. Yeah. <laughs> like let, let's be fair. Like most of the people that started working the track were race fans first. Maybe oh, if I work at the track, I don't watch the racing. Far from it. You don't get to watch any. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like unless you work like a uh, what job is it that Spencer works at Flamborough? He's like the timekeeper, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. So like he he's a big race fan himself, right? So it's like he gets to watch, but he he picked that perfectly. So I don't know if I could ever work at a racetrack because I'm I'm way too into racing, way into helping. So I know that's kind of what I'm worried about when I go up to uh, Sobble on the 27th. Because I'm going this one. Yeah, I'm going up the Wednesday. They have a Wednesday dash for cash race. 5K to... Wednesday dash for cash, right? That's a weird day. Yeah, it's Wednesday, July 27th. It leads right into the uh, APC series uh, race on Saturday and the uh, beat the heat 150 on the Sunday of the uh, civic holiday long weekend. It's weird because I am off racing that weekend. It's like, and it's, well, it's, I say I'm off. I'm supposed to, to win for your car. Ahead, but... Yeah, right it's now 5K my car still broke. Yeah, my right car now. still broke. And then it's a two K to win for the uh, uh, combined Ford class. So what you're saying is, you haul one of my cars, I'll haul the other one. I can go seven K. Well, I don't know how what I'm hauling in the freaking dart. <laughs> it's hey, it's Dodge on Dodge crime. You forgot the my combined four car is a Dodge that yeah. not a lot of people know I have that I kind of I just accidentally revealed. It's supposed to be picked up this week and the neon one of the neon masters is actually going to go over oh yeah i don't know maybe if you sweet talk megan she'll she'll come pick it up and take it up i'm sorry hey (laughs) if i sweet talk megan and taking up i'm not gonna have a driver's seat in it (laughs) (laughs) like let's be fair here get me to tow a car without me driving it i have to work that week anyway she would have way too much fun in that you have to work on a sunday (laughs) no it's it's the wednesday race I thought no, yeah, I thought yeah. combined fours and all that stuff was uh the dash for cash is Wednesday. It leads cool. into that weekend. Okay, so what was in the weekend that was like five and two? Is that the dash? That, for that's cash? the dash for cash on the Wednesday. Yeah. So what's like the Sunday race? Like two and Sunday's one? Sunday's the beat the heat one fifty for the pro late models. I thought that was Saturday. No, that's the APC race. <laughs> so they have back to back late model feature. <laughs> They have back to back. All right. So features. as we're being confused here, I hope you put like a graphic like right here, so like people can like <laughs> follow on where I'm lost. Okay. So, <laughs> so Wednesday, July 27th is the dash for cash, 5k to win the uh, United Eights, the Roots Gaspar United Eights, and the 2k to win the combined fours. Saturday is the United Late Model Series. Uh, APC Pro Late Models are returning to Sobble Speedway for their race on Saturday night. And then Sunday is the Beat the Heat 150 at Sobel Speedway. And, and that's for the Pro Late Models. Four shows with the 150? Let me double... You know what? Let me let me double check. I got... <laughs> this is what I'm thinking. You think there'd be at least one or two support classes? I know the, the Canon Midgets are the one. I know the Canon Midgets so are the I, one. I, I say I would drive anything. The only thing I've, I'm actually kind of terrified to drive is a TQ Midget. They're crazy, <laughs> eh? So, like, I've looked inside cars. I'm like, I am a big boy. If that thing goes over, bring marshmallows because it's it's not going to end well. 
So it's the uh, Inex Legend Card Series and the Can-Am Midgets. Maybe I'll have to borrow a Legend Card again. Those are the uh, those are the guys who are running uh, with the, as a support shows for the Saturday and Sunday of the Civic Holiday Long Weekend at Sobble. Yeah, I've actually never got to drive my Legend Card at Sobble because it's a really long drive. I think it's like five hours. <laughs> when you don't have anyone to drive back with you, it's kind of a long haul to uh, not have just a nap camp somewhere. over at the track. You can camp over at the track. John lets you. I was going to say, are you going to cuddle? I'm a big cuddler, but I don't know how it's going to be in the middle in the middle of July. Whatever. If we get the trailer, there's an air mattress. What happens if the trailer stays in the trailer, right? <laughs> Good thing I'm staying at Salva Falls 10 Trailer Park. Hey, there's another <laughs> plug there. Uh, <laughs> and this is the only time you should use the word plug. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, that part's gonna be cut out. <laughs> no, it's gonna stay in. <laughs> but uh, I love how it, this got started because I asked about uh, Cam Harris and Green and Bun uh, hanging out yeah. in your pit, and this is where we yeah. end up. Uh, he just realized what I'm laughing at. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ! All right, so we're <laughs> we're gonna get almost wrapped up here, but before we do, we have our fan question period. As you saw earlier today, we tagged you on Facebook and Instagram that uh, you were coming on tonight. And, of course, we got some fan questions for you. You ready to answer them? Uh, hopefully, because hopefully they're not some of my friends that are worse at being a stir pot or a pot stirs than me. Actually, <laughs> they, they, they're pretty they're pretty team tonight, surprisingly. With a guy like you, I thought they were going to be a lot worse. Uh, they probably know <laughs> what the podcast is. they probably like, oh, we got to be, like, politically correct. And go listen <laughs> to, like, Wally Wilson or something. Like that. Some of his ones. Uh, the first one up, we I got think I Cam sent Harris. them in for Wally. I think you did too. Uh, we got Cam Harris for the first one. He goes, Who are your racing heroes? So, uh, Cam, I was talking to him at the track yesterday. So, one of my biggest racing heroes is actually John Baker Jr. He is a guy that he's not huge financially. Um, like he's not like one of these big powerhouse teams, he builds everything himself. Like, his whole modified he drives now is all hand-built, other than, I think, the center section he got from Rudy Oprisma, which whole connection there, as you can see. Um, so, yeah, he's very knowledgeable. And I, if I could have the quarter of the knowledge he has, I'd be happy. Um, Dan Price is another one of them. He's another hardworking guy. Um, Gary Elliott, like I said earlier in the podcast, there's a lot of hardworking guys that maybe – there's few guys that I don't even remember their names of, but I looked up to them when I was a kid that I wish I could remember their names right now, but I'm on the spot, so I can't f- figure their names. But, like, they're guys that show up week in, week out. Like, I don't really care about these, like, rich teams coming out and winning races. I want that underdog guy to have a good finish. Like, yeah. that, like if that guy's been racing for 20 years, he's running the top five for the first time in his life, he's now one of my heroes, like, he is finally getting through it. Like he's he's doing well. It's like, and like that's what I like in a racer. Like they work work their butt off. They do all their own work. Like they, they that's what I'm looking for. Is like if I'm going to look up to somebody, like everyone's like, who's your favorite NASCAR star? And I'm like, I don't have one right now. I'm like everyone in NASCAR, for lack, lack of better words, didn't really have to work on their own cars mm-hmm. to get there. Like. You had guys like, say, Logano or Bush that drove through legend cars and their dads would build it. So, yeah, 
But once they got into like late models and stuff, they're all being pampered kind of thing. Like, you know what I mean? Like they're all being groomed essentially. Yeah, they're being groomed to be the media star and they're put in the best cars. Yeah. Um, me and you had this conversation at Peterborough of like there are some drivers, I won't mention names like we did at Peterborough, that w- they could be thrown into one of my bone stocks, one of my mini stocks, or one of my cars before this year. They would park the car because it was that bad. Yeah. Where I like those guys that don't give up. So like if all of a sudden you see a guy that's driving with no fender on and he's done it for like six weeks in a row, he's not one of my heroes too. Like I watched a guy in a truck, I think three years ago at Peterborough. Like he's not quite at hero status yet. Cause he's also done some weird things to my dad's truck. Um, he finished the race. I think all he had left was like the one nose cone and like the roof. <laughs> like Jesus. that's like an attaboy moment. Like, I don't have like people are like, oh my god, I'm I'm gonna go see Jimmy Johnson and Andy. Like mm. no, it's I'm a big fan of the hard workers and that's who I look up to and I try to be like. All right. Uh the next one we got uh Brad Laval and he goes, uh, how did you get the nickname Five Wide? So um Five Wide was a nickname that took off for like three months. I just never changed my voice Facebook status. Um Long story short is we're at Autumn Colors and Charlie Toner's like, hey, you've been going three wide every heat race. Do we see four wide tonight? And me being the guy I am, I'm like, no, no, not four wide. We're going five wide. So <laughs> I got four wide at Colors on the top. And then I'm like, it's really hard to get five wide. I finally got it. I think my last year in Bonestock, I went five wide to the center to make the path on all four cars. And there's a picture of it somewhere. Like, I think I actually knocked one guy down to the grass to get it. But like, I'm like, <laughs> Here's my here's my chance. <laughs> like, here's my chance to immortality. So it's like, um, I think the guy was eating. I actually I think it was Chris Tucker knocked down through, which Chris was probably had a poutine in his car anyway, so he wasn't mad at me. <laughs> oh boy. Well, that's that's a pretty cool nickname, though. Um, and then our last one is uh again from Brad Laval. He goes, Who do you like to race against and in what class? Um, so one of the guys, like I have a list of people I want to race against. Um, oddly enough, there's only one guy on that list at this current moment that I want to race against. I haven't. Um, so one of the biggest names I wanted to race against was Dan Price. Because like I say, he's one of my heroes. He's hardworking. I actually got to race against him. Um, I beat him only because I was dropping gear oil all the way down the track for like three laps. Um, but either way, we came to the finish to the grass. That was like one of my best moments ever because like he's a guy that was actually teaching me how to work on these cars. And, like, out of his own time and will, and, like, he's helping me to help grow the sport. And, like, it was a big moment for me. There's guys, like, I got to race against J.R. Fitzpatrick when I raced pro light model. I wouldn't say race against, but race with. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I've seen him as he flew by 20 mile an hour faster. <laughs> Gary Elliott. Um, I got to race with guys like Andy Camrath and stuff like that. Like, like even racing with, like, like Ryan Babin and Tyler Junkin and stuff was big moments for me as I started moving up. But one of my favorite guys to race with is actually the, the only guy that I've actually driven a car for without them being hurt or anything like that was I messaged him on a phone and be like, hey, do you got anyone for the young gun shoot at Peterborough? It was the first year of it. Tommy Pod let me drive his car with no experience whatsoever and said, trust me, you'll do fine. I pull the pole chip. I'm like, hey, do you want me to back it? He goes, 
if you back out of it, you're out of my car. <laughs> I'm like, all right, here we go. So I never drove a Thunder car. I got like two laps of practice because by the time I got in the car and figured out how to put the steering wheel on, because I didn't have a quick release to that point, this is how new I was racing. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's actually one of my favorite guys to run with. He's the, one of the cleanest guys I've ever raced against. And yeah, he's, I'm hoping he comes back soon. And, uh, cause I, I love racing against them. I, I bought the car originally. So we had the exact same car so we could fight every week. <laughs> hey, nothing wrong with that. So, all right. Well, that, uh, that wraps up our fan question period. As always, we like to thank everyone for submitting their, uh, questions make sure you guys tune in every sunday i don't know why i was about to say friday but every sunday at around noon to see who our next week's guest is uh maybe i'll maybe i'll let it slip in the episode and i and i have let it slip in the past of who's gonna coming on next week so uh stay tuned uh for next sunday to see who's coming on uh um, change the guest halfway through the week <laughs> uh, <laughs> nice try nice try <laughs> no that that's on a mirror because i uh <laughs> I didn't realize what episode we were at and this particular person wants the next episode number. So was it X? Was this episode 68? This is episode 68. <laughs> so this particular driver wants the number 69. Um, <laughs> Does he have to pay extra for it? <laughs> Wait, I'm supposed to get you guys to pay me for this. Well, if, he, if they're requesting <laughs> episode numbers, I think so. Like, I've uh, at least bought merchandise. True, true that. No, he, uh, what did he do? He did. I forget he what he did. Oh, no, bumper. he gave me a book. He gave me a book. That's what it was. He gave me a book in Bad Byron's butt room. Mm. So. What? <laughs> <laughs> Called Bad Byron's butt room. Oh, all right. That's what I thought you said, but I was just double checking. <laughs> It's 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 a rub for uh to to smoke some good meat in. And I've already tried some on some pork chops and oh oh it hits the spot. Better uh, better than the brownies? Uh close, close. I'm not gonna lie, close. Um, Imagine those brownies had chocolate chips on them. Oh, I I I'd have bought a few more. Uh, but uh no, we so we uh we wanna what I was about to say, damn it. Now I really lost my train of thought. Uh, oh no, okay. So I want to touch back a little bit here for, for a brief second because we're gonna get you we're gonna get you out of here for the night soon. And uh but you were correct though. I want to get on the mic. I would love to call a race or two just to see like just to see where I can get my feet wet. Cause I think it would be a lot of fun to uh get up on the mic and and spit what I have to uh have to say about some drivers and see <laughs> And, you know, and just, not obviously like bad things, but just, uh, uh, just, just to call a race. I think it'd be just a lot of fun. Well, I know Charlie, if you're there, I could probably get you in the booth with Charlie if he doesn't have a co-announcer <clears throat> for the night. Yeah. Um, but if you do that and I'm racing, you have to do the Feeney call. There's oh, no, you, no ifs, ands, or buts. I, I tell <laughs> him I'm calling Brandon Feeney when he comes out on the track. <laughs> so I know if there's buts, but is there anyone you want to thank for getting you here tonight? So I got to thank all my sponsors on my car, you know, Lick Molly, Auto Tire and Safeties, Platinum RV Sales, uh, Quartz ATV Association, uh, Pioneer Plumbing, uh, K1 Graphics. I also got to say special uh, mention to the Crow family. They're dealing with the loss of Larry Crow Sr. that he passed away this uh, passing week. Big, 
big icon at uh, Peter Rose Speedway. They're actually the ones that kind of helped me get into like the big cars as it is now. So I got to send my condolences out to them as well. So. Yeah, that's that, you know, it's never easy losing someone. So <clears throat> sorry, but yeah, it's, uh, of course, you know, Jesus Christ, how the fuck do I continue from that? I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you keep throwing me for curveballs tonight, and I, and I have to hate you for that. I'm sorry. Well, it's, it's one of those things. Like Larry, Larry Sr. was one of the biggest uh, supporters of Peterborough Speedway. Uh, the Crow Star. Um, you know them kind of, sort of, because his son was the one in the orange Lamborghini last week. Yeah. And then his uh, other son was in the, the Range Rover. So they were just there. They've supported, you can see half of them with the crow gas, the crow carts, stuff like that, supporting other racers and keeping divisions alive. So, like I said, they actually basically sold me a car for less than the parts that was to like build it. Like, I think I bought that first car for like 1500 bucks as a complete roller uh, other than a motor. Oh, wow. And, and like, I was fighting top five every week with it. And yeah. the support was always there. And guys don't do that anymore. So it's like, Oh, you're absolutely right. Um, with that being said, we're going to get you out of here for the night. We're getting, we're running a little bit later than we usually do, which is fine. But again, we're going to bring you back on right near closer to the end of the year. And we're going to, uh, we're going to just talk some more and have some more rants. Okay, bud. All right. So episode 138 it is. <laughs> <laughs> if we make it to that this year, then yes. But, uh, yeah. Thanks again for jumping on with us, man. Stay and talk chat with us with a bit. It was just felt like a regular Saturday night at the racetrack for us. I think. I think that's the way it's got to be. It's, it's just a conversation. Otherwise, it feels fixed. Like absolutely. And thank God I didn't see a squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Well, we'll let you get going out of here. All right. Have yourself right. a good night. You too. All right. Bye now. Bye. All right, guys. So this is the driver the number thirty-eight, Liquid Molly. I think it's a Chevrolet from Superstock from Peterborough <laughs> Speedway. That was Brandon Feeney. Of course, we want to thank Brandon for jumping on with us with us this week. And uh, yeah, we're definitely going to have to get him back in the studio or not studio. We're not in a studio yet, but I want to be in a studio. And uh, I do really want to uh, get him back on and, and chat with him some more because that was that was a lot of fun. And I feel like, you know, if, even if we started at like one o'clock in the afternoon, we still wouldn't be done. Mm-hmm. It was uh, now, now there's videos I got to go watch. Yeah, I think they're going to be so interesting to watch. So, yeah, I'm going to have we're going to I'm going to have a lot of fun, probably either tonight or tomorrow or something, mm-hmm. watching them while I'm uh, editing this podcast and getting it ready for <laughs> Tuesday. Because I'm not going to take out a whole lot. There's a lot of stuff that was that was good there. And, mm-hmm. You know, is it's it's a, it's a lot of fun. It's what it's exactly what we're looking for. Definitely. You know, I, I, I had a lot of fun. Um, mm-hmm. We're trying to get out of here because. Currently, we're sitting at two hours and fifty-seven minutes on, on our on our call here. Ain't <laughs> now trying to get this show through. Um, as always, guys, if you guys are looking for uh, True North Racing Podcast and Joe Media Apparel, uh, check us out on our links and the check out the links in our bio that leads you to the exact site that sells them, and they can be delivered straight to your door. Uh, I am working on in-house apparel for the twenty twenty-three season, depending on how things go. Um, so stay tuned to that. That's for next year. So look for stuff in the off season. Uh, we may try to get in some 
some cool designs and uh to go forward with that because i think that would be a, a lot better um what else oh we do have a jomo media tumblr i think it might be spoken for i gotta double check with them uh, but if you guys are looking for your own Joe Media Tumblr slash Tune North Racing Podcast Tumblr, uh, let us know. We will get them made up and we'll send them directly to you. If not, meet us at the track and we'll give them to you. Um, what else? Next week, next week's episode, uh, you, if you guys haven't already heard, we already talked about him in the past couple weeks. He will be coming on uh, next Sunday. So stay tuned. If you guys can guess who it is, we may do a giveaway or something. I don't know yet. But I, <laughs> probably not, but we'll see. And uh, <laughs> what else? What else we got going on? Next weekend, I will be back at Flamborough Speed with this Young Jarvis Canadian Modifieds. Megan, will you be hitting up a racetrack next week at all? Yes. Where are you going? I'll be at Flamborough. You're coming to Flamborough too? Yes. Perfect. There we go, guys. If you guys want to catch us at Flamborough Speedway, come on out, support, support the track. Stop by, say hi. I will always have a camera usually around me. Uh, feel free to jump in, stop me, say hi. Uh, who knows? Maybe we'll get you guys to shoot an opening for the Young Drivers Canadian Modified Vlog. Um, it is the nightly sponsor is One Night or sorry, Wow One Day Painting. Uh, they are coming on as the nightly sponsor for the CVMs this week, so stay tuned for that. We do have a video coming up soon, uh, so so stay tuned to the Young Drivers Canadian Modified YouTube channel for that. Uh, Megan, you can catch Megan on all social medias, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, she is very, very popular out there. So uh, make sure you guys are out there having fun and doing this uh, and follow her. Uh, I feel like we may have lost Megan. I don't mind. It just paused and like. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's okay. my internet connection. Frozen. I was going to say yours. You just like froze on my end. Like, and oh, then I could no. hear you, but your picture is still frozen. Oh no. Okay. So hopefully you guys all heard that because uh, <laughs> I thought Megan was frozen, but apparently it was me. Uh, so hopefully this worked. I thought I'm going to work, talk over it. Uh, make sure you guys catch us on all social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, TikTok. Uh, yeah. Other than that, we got mm -hmm. some cool events happening soon uh, all around the province. So who knows where you'll catch Megan and myself at a track. Uh other than that, Megan, just take us home now. Oh, <laughs> oh I put you on the spot again. <laughs> I'm not good at that. Okay. Thank you guys for listening to the True North Racing Podcast. You can catch us on Anchor, Spotify, Google, and now YouTube. Is that all of them? Just the yep. four? Yep. Okay. Perfect. So that's where you can catch the podcast, listen to it, watch it. Um. I am Megan Mitchell, and my co-host is John Morrison. Thank you guys for listening. See you guys next week. Bye now. See you.